Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Alright, so there I was in the Wombat Den for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast with Philly V and Gimli. I'm Mr. Gray. Gimli, how was your weekend? Thanks for asking, Mr. Gray. My weekend was pretty good. I uh, didn't do a lot of rugby-oriented things, but... I uh, worked down at the old Hinterland Music Festival a couple days. Saw that so Zach Bryan fella. That's Pretty good. something like the first weekend of August is always super crazy because you got Hinterland. But yeah, you got a little wet? Today, yeah. Very, very, very uh, muddy. But it was good. It was good. good. Yeah. Phil, what about you? The other thing that always happens because, see, the reason I know this is my nephew, he always has his birthday the first weekend of August. And then also my daughter was baptized. We were in Dubuque, so I'm never able to go to Hinterland or this other event that you were at. Mm, yeah, Irish Fest. It was actually a blast. I had a really good time, and I didn't even get to stay for the festivities or anything, which was unfortunate. But like the whole tournament itself, I had like the most fun. Just running around, yelling at kids, well, got to play a little bit. Tell people, too, like what was your role there? Why were you at Irish Fest? Because... Back when it first started eight years ago, we played for the Bremer County Bucks, mm-hmm. but the Wombats, we weren't able to take a team just because our league schedule is coming up soon, so we did something a little different this yeah. year. Yeah, so I mean, obviously if people have been following along, we've had a Wombats Academy team that we started up, you know, about eight weeks ago, mm-hmm. maybe it's been even a little less than that, took a team to Black Party, just some high school kids that wanted to play over the summer extra minutes more extra minutes yeah and it was that was really fun and we're like that was that was a good time why don't we just put one in for irish fest so we put one in for irish fest and had another 15 guys come out and mm-hmm. play and yeah it was it was a ton of fun and obviously Justin mckay and andrew ridgeway came along and helped manage the guys because they're a little more experienced coaching than i am mm-hmm. so i kind of had, had a chance to see you know how i mean i've, I've watched ridgeway coach for a long time right you know, but seeing them interact with kids and men are different, obviously. Oh, 100%. It has to be because you learn differently. And mm-hmm. also, this is new for those kids. So, how was that coaching experience? Because I know I keep giving you a hard time, like, hey, you need to coach, get into it. Um, what did that look like? Like, Philly V coaching, what was that like? Eh, I mean, it was more of just, I felt like more of a hype man than anything, just trying to pump kids up. And What was your go to catchphrase? <laughs> Let's rock and roll. I don't know why I kept saying it. I went to it like seven or eight times. I'm like, why do I keep saying this? I don't know why, but yeah, it was fun. Like watching like Tristan Irvin just absolutely like, dude, that kid's an animal. Mm-hmm. Like I see, obviously I've watched him play it a couple of times, but man, he was just all over the well, place. In the first match, because I'm like, hey, Phil, send me updates. And you're like, all right, we'll do. The first match against Chicago Rugby Club A, and you're like, Tristan scored. Another text. Tristan scored again. Another text. <laughs> Tristan scored another one. Dude, the and first... And then he texted me again. Tristan scored all of our tries. We tied. And it was just like, <laughs> all right. So. Dude, and he, like, on that very first one, he stripped it right out. Of, like, they were, like, breaking down the uh, line. 
and they were like maybe like 30 meters away from the try zone chicago mm-hmm. a like just right off the bat and he just pulled it right out of one of the kids hands and he just housed it from there so he was 100 percent fine from the 15s last weekend because he was kind of hobbling around yeah last week. he recovered everything's good no yeah i mean didn't look like he had any problems you know so yeah and like i mean all the valley boys played pretty pretty well i mean some of the denver kids that came and played they all played well mm-hmm. ground was a little hard so we had a few people bonk some heads but i mean Bonk. You know, yeah, you know, injuries happen, but yeah. it's all part of the game. But. but big thing, though, I mean, our biggest goal with the Wombats Academy, because we did throw it together last minute, mm-hmm. obviously this is kind of like, this was a test run to see, like, okay, can we handle it as a men's club? Our main goals were provide opportunities for kids who want it, provide some extra coaching from outside their main coaches so that they get a new perspective, and then also to grow their love for the game. Would you say we accomplished all three of those this weekend? Yeah, I wouldn't have any doubt in my mind. I think all the kids had a really fun time. And, and they got a free and, t-shirt. Yeah, and they got free t-shirts. <laughs> and we fed them. Well, Ridgeway oh, fed them. Nice. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. The, what a dad. I know. He he was like, do you think the boys need to eat? I'm like, yeah, I mean, they could probably eat. So he's like, we'll get them some dogs, some chips, maybe some waters. That's awesome. No, and yeah. I just think, too, you know, based off of what happened, we had guys from all over the state. In Block Party, we had guys from Wisconsin and Illinois. I would like for this eventually to be more localized so we could run more practices. We had a few linking kids. We had a few. Yeah, which high schools represented besides, you said Valley, Denver. Lincoln, Indianola, Indianola. Valley. Valley, yep. Um, Ames. Ames. Lincoln, yep. Ames. Yeah, they had a couple guys from Ames. Denver, I think. Cedar Rapids guys were in block Cedar, party, but then they yep. played for Cedar Falls. Just Cedar Falls needed some help, so Patrick Lawson's like, hey, instead of trying to split things up, we'll just take our guys to them, and it, it worked out real nice. And so, no, I think next year I'd like to be more organized and get ahead of it, but I, at least one thing, and here you go, Gimli, ring, ring the bell. We need a sound effect here. Here we go, patting ourselves on the back. No other men's club did this this year you know what i mean like when it came to high school stuff (laughs) when it came to high school stuff um yeah maybe i should cut that part out no but for real though i would love to see more men's clubs take on some sort of academy get into coaching coach those spring teams in sevens coach maybe into 15s because casey's doing all this stuff with iowa selects Mm -hmm. and we threw this together and it's like it doesn't have to be one high school but like if you get a a few of them together in certain areas it would be cool to see more academies and just for kids who want it obviously football wrestling in the summer baseball um, working at fairway all these different things that kids do in the summer they might not have time for that but if we could get multiple schools i mean if we could pull it off the way we did last minute iowa selects has a great program why not add one or two more yeah why not like you know, Fort Dodge has a lot of kids who play high level. You have kids oh, in and the Fred mentioned Valley. Fort Dodge kids too. We had a few Fort Dodge kids play with us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then if you if you also try to get like around, you know, the Quad City Dubuque area on the east side of the state, what if they had a team? And what if the Cedar Valley had a team? You know, like definitely you could have multiple teams. So I'd love to see that grow. And you even said too for the alumni teams and the high school girls teams, this was the biggest Irish fest you'd ever seen. Oh yeah, I mean. It's the biggest one that I remember from all the years that we've done. It's like when we played with Bremer and then like whenever we brought up a team for 10s. Like, man, dude, this is by far the most mm-hmm. kids that – or not most kids, but 
most fans I feel like I've seen there. Nice. And so you also said we had kids from Denver playing with us, and that mm-hmm. was something uh, their head coach reached out to me and was just like, hey, uh, you got some more spots? I was like, yeah, of course. I'd love those kids to play with us because those are some hard-nosed kids in Denver, yeah. Iowa. Love the style of play they have. And, you know, was Mike around helping out on the day, Mike Isaacson? Yeah, he was there. He was around. Nice. He was enjoying his time out there. So, you know. Nice. Uh, I feel like we should give him a call, see what his experience was like. Yeah, let's get hold of him. This interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tighthead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for Tight Head Brewing Company beer. They distribute through Dahl Distributing. You can drink it in Iowa. It is found in Iowa. And oh yeah, the name Tight Head. Bruce played rugby for 13 years, mostly as a Tight Head prop. Bruce is the owner, founder, and master brewer. Enjoy Tight Head Brewing Company. All right, now we're to the interview portion of the show, brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. We have a very special guest today. We got Mike Isaacson from Denver. How you doing, Mike? Hey, really good. How you guys doing? Yeah, no complaints here. Oh, yeah, and just want to clarify, because people always get confused. I used to live in Denver for one year when I taught in New Hampton. Denver, Iowa. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Colorado. <laughs> yeah, no, we're the mile-wide city. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I... I forget where I was like a block away from the school and I would like go run on the track. I remember the pizza place. This would have been about mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago. Uh, the grocery yeah. store, I think, might have closed when I was there and then it like redid it. But yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah, no, and actually the pizza place isn't there. And quite honestly, we're super excited because the new pizza place is actually owned by Matt and Allison McLaughlin, who also have Alley Cats, which is a huge sponsor of the Denver Rugby Club. Not only monetarily, but they have three guys that play on my teams that are all there is the triplets oh wow that's awesome so yeah so if they ever go on vacation we just can't play oh no (laughs) (laughs) so how was the experience at irish fest phil was kind of you know telling us how it went talking to us about the wombats academy talking to us about how he jumped in and played a little bit what was your experience like there was this your first time at irish fest or um have you guys taken a team before no, we I've not taken a team before. It was my second year there. Obviously, I, I followed my son last year, um, who plays for you and I. Um, and this year um, was the first time kind of being attached or having some of my own kids playing in it. Like I said, wanted to have our own Denver team, but uh, just didn't quite have the numbers with vacations. Everybody's getting, you know, there's last couple of days off before they go back to school. So we just couldn't pull together a crew. So I was super stoked when I saw the Wombats uh, doing the Youth Academy piece, reached out. And some of my kids are chopping at the bit to get going and, and keep playing all summer. So it was nice to get them an opportunity to, to get some runs. Oh, yeah. That was our big thing, too. We saw how many kids tried out for select sides and we're like, there's kids who want to play and have the time yeah. for it. Like, we're going to throw this together. We, we'd love to be more intentional next summer, but we're like, we just want to get kids minutes and we just want to go for it. And so um, did you have three kids that were playing? Who were they? And uh, are they coming yeah. back next year for you? 
Well, yeah, no, two of them are not because they just graduated, but okay. they are going to be playing next year. So I've got Austin Hesse, uh, played a little scrummy. He's just coming off an ankle injury that he sustained in week one of this last uh, rugby season, busted his ankle and didn't quite get back in time. So he was a little gimpy. I think he might have won first prize for the first kid to throw up. He, he uh, did. It was like the first like, minute. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think he made one run down the pitch, and the first time he went in to put the ball in the scrum, he gave Casey just Dude. I need a second and turned Casey around and, and, and lost it. He lost me. it. Was, one of the kids, one of your kids, puked all over me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, and like Casey's like. It's like, do you want to sub him? I'm like, no, nah, he's good. He kept running, so, I mean, props to him. Yeah. No, he just had to get the nerves out. He hasn't taken any contact or played full, you know, since, like I said, since week one in Cedar Rapids of the uh, 23 rugby season. So, so yeah, no, Hesse did a good job. Ended up um, playing some good minutes. Uh, but he'll be heading down and uh, playing with Nelly uh, in a couple weeks here. He's heading to Iowa Central. And then uh, Colby McPherson, who has been, like, like he, that kid's been with the Denver rugby program since like seventh grade. He wanted, he, he started being a manager and like the guy that the, you know, the, the other high school dudes were being in balls at. And Colby just kept coming back every day, playing some no contact, doing all the drills with us. So it's been super cool to watch him develop over really six years. Um, and watch him, uh, he, he's getting an opportunity to head down to Fort Dodge as well. And then, uh, I had, uh, just a first-year kid, just finished his first freshman year of uh, his freshman year of uh, rugby. It's not like you, Phil. We had three freshman years. This was his only freshman year. <laughs> not um, supposed to tell but, people uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The cat's out of the bag. Uh, but no, we uh, landed learning. Um, yeah, he's one of those kids that anytime I put anything out to the group, like, hey, do we want to throw? Do we want to run a little bit? He's the first dude that's like, yep, I'm in. And so he was the first one to respond. And I think he got a couple other guys super excited about it. So yeah, Landon again. I think he probably played the most minutes of the three. He's just a get after a kid. He's mm-hmm. a try hard that just has a great attitude about it. Um, and works really, really hard and is fun. <laughs> Still learning. Wow, that's amazing! Like to have a freshman who's that willing to just jump in. And we have a lot of kids who are like even juniors and seniors who are like, I don't know if I can play at this level. And it's like you guys are all the same yeah. age, you know. And to have a freshman, you know, it's so hard to recruit those kids. What? How do you recruit in Denver? How are you able to have? a squad there because you know we look at other communities and uh, much bigger communities that struggle for numbers so what is it that you guys do to recruit kids and retain those kids yeah i tell you what like it's almost i mean this is going to sound maybe paradoxical but it's almost easier in a small town because i know everybody mm. um i i know their i know their parents i know their older siblings um so i coached high school football and high school track in denver for a number of years in fact i just finished up football about two years ago but for a while i was doing both rugby and football at the same time so obviously it was easy then right like if my rugby guy you know i could get guys to, to come out that because they were playing football for me the other thing that i do really to be honest with you is i really work hard with the other school coaches um so i don't start my practices during the season until their practices are done so if a kid wants to play soccer if he wants to run track um i fully support that and likewise the coaches have been really cool with me of letting me have those kids then say from 5 30 6 o'clock until 7 30 8 o'clock um to work rugby stuff in the evening so that's been really super um, the other piece is I've got 
well, Colby brought me the triplets. Those guys are really tight. So, so when Colby, you know, Colby's all in, um, Matt, uh, Matt, uh, McLaughlin, their dad who owns the, the restaurants is super big on rugby. In fact, they gave me our own rugby wall, um, up at the alley cat oh, and Denver, the restaurant, um, for pictures. And we got, you know, jerseys, kits and stuff up there. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was, is word of mouth now. The other piece is it doesn't hurt to have a kid like Colby and Austin were like the last crew that played with Cooper, uh, Cooper Isaacson, my son. Um, and so, you know, Cooper was really, he was like my recruiter when, when he was still in high school and he's done a really good job of keeping that going. You know, I kind of hit that age now where I'm not the cool coach maybe as much. So it helps <laughs> to have a, you know, it helps to have a long, long haired hippie kid in college with a porn stash that plays rugby. Um, they can come in and, and the kids think that he's super dope. So they, they, they want to play with Cooper as well. So that's pretty, that, that makes it easy. But yeah, you know, I coach so many, like I've got, Another freshman that was a first-year kid, but he'd he'd run with us and done practices with us as an eighth grader. That's uh, it's uh, Kepke. His older brother was Luke Kepke. Was an All-State. Um, I want to say a prop for me last year. Um, so yeah, we've just kind of gotten some family stuff rolling. It's pretty cool. The other thing that doesn't hurt is that my daughter, who just graduated, she went over and played for Waverly, and she would be walking the halls giving the guys a ton of crap for being just pansies if they didn't go out for rugby. Um, so that that didn't hurt. She was a good recruiter for me as well i was just gonna say man that doesn't sound like her at all because i felt like she was making no. fun of me all day yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's the youngest of uh three brothers she's got three older brothers so she's not afraid to throw she's not afraid to throw shade oh dude and speaking of your family too uh cooper had a pretty great day yesterday he was all over the pitch and you know speaking of like just the you and i boys in general like that whole parent group that you guys have, like your presence, I feel like is always known wherever you guys go. Cause there's always so many of you and you're always all so rowdy. Like, do you guys just like all communicate to get there together and like, just bring the energy or how's that all work? <laughs> it, it is kind of, well, you know, I mean the kids, first of all, like that crew at you and I, that so many of those kids came in as freshmen, you know, you had marker, David Randall, Cooper, Ian Hibbert, um, you know, Dylan went, Dylan Johnson went down to Iowa Central for a year, but they'd all played together all the way through high school. Like, that's one of the mm -hmm. first groups, I think, maybe, that goes that went to you and I after four full years mm -hmm. of rugby. And so they got to know each other through that rugby. And I think, like, Coop, David Randall, and Nick Marker were, like, three of the four all-elite 1A kids their senior years and got to be super good friends through that. And so I already knew those guys. Um, you know, Jake Hibbert, Ian's dad, coaches down with Daniels at Norwalk. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd gotten to know Jake really well through that. I knew Stack. You know, so Gentry Stack is a year ahead, but then Jake Stack's coming over from Waverly. I knew Stack through coaching football there, Dad. Um, and then you just, like, you kind of meet the parents. That first year was a little weird, you know, like we're kind of all sitting by by ourselves a little bit. And then there's just, we had headed up going over to the great Midwest tournament that freshman year where I think we had like nine or ten freshmen starting on that 15s team. Um, and that's where we really all just kind of clicked and connected as parents. And then from that point on, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of the team stepdad, so to speak. So <laughs> I end up with the, I've got, you know, I've got an email list grouping. We've got a Panther Rugby Parents Facebook page. We, we coordinate. I've got a spreadsheet that goes out before home meets or home matches where we have everybody, you know, who's bringing what. And we create this whole menu and do all this kind of stuff. Or I figure, you know, the kids work super, super hard. And you guys know as a club team, sometimes it's kind of back burnered if it's even on the 
stove. Oh yeah. Um, and so we want to make sure that those guys recognize or are recognized and they know how much we appreciate the show they put on. And it really is a show when you guys watch them and they're in full flow state. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's pretty rugby. So oh, yeah. we have a good time and we want to let other schools, especially the, you know, the big schools that, that are supposed to beat up on us when we're beating up on them. We want to let them know <laughs> that, that we see, we see them, you know, but it's all fun. Like I, you know, our big thing is we don't root against other teams. We just root for our boys. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we scheduled a, a match last year where we were able to play Wombats against Cedar Rapids before you and I played. We did that intentionally so we could see like the U and I team in person, just because we know so many of them from high school, and, and also being former Panthers, like we just love being yeah. around and seeing what the club is up to. And yeah, alumni weekend, we talked about how this club has never had a presence of parents like you guys. So a mix of you've got the athletes with the high school knowledge, you're bringing in other athletes on campus, and then also the parent support, the alumni support, and the coaching. Um, it's just a mixture for success and sustainability. And you got any predictions for you and I for this fall? Uh, I predict they're going to have a hell of a time, win or lose. Um, you know, I mean, the, the cool thing about this group of guys, and, and it's what makes any, you know, any team that's going to have any amount of success has to have it, is they're all buddies. Like, they're all, like, super chill, really great guys, have a ton of fun together, not just on the pitch, but just like wherever they're at, you know what I mean? Like Coop, Ian, Nick, Dylan, they all live together. You know, I think you guys talked about when you talked to Coop, Nick's, Nick's the dude that, that tackled Coop and busted his leg up in mm -hmm. his senior year of high school. You know, they flipped the script and they're like best friends. Um, so, but there's so many of those connections, you know, and I thought, you know, like Elder, Caleb Bolin, um, Matt Ken, Max Tenzin, like those seniors that were there when that group of freshmen came in, you know, really, really did a great job of creating that culture and the expectation. And I think these guys have, you know, I mean, they benefited from that and they get to just run with it. And so, you know, they're, they play hard nosed. I love their defense. And that was, you know, I was an O-line, D-line football coach. I played defensive line in college. Um, I love defense. You know, I, that's, that's my favorite thing in the world. Um, and so watching them, not just score, because, man, they're fun and they're flashy. You know, you got Mikey rolling out dummies all over the place, Randall's <laughs> giving goes. I mean, there's just, it's just sick, like, Lakers-style, you know, Magic Johnson stuff. Um, but then when they lock down on defense, you know, that's super cool. So, I, you know, they can go as far as they want to go success-wise. I think it's really, really great that they're heading over to Kansas oh, yeah. um, to play in that tournament here in a few weeks because I think maybe one of the challenges, and we've talked about this, like we, the kids have talked about this, and, and I talk with Zeus all the time as I'm still continuing my coaching journey and trying to gain my knowledge for my high school guys. Um, but it doesn't do us any good to run through the gateway yeah. or, the, or the great Midwest. I'm sorry, the gateway. I'm, I'm old. I just did the gateway. That's the conference. <laughs> I played it in college, um, the great Midwest. And then you get into those games and you're going to play, you know, the Principios, yep. you're going to play the, those big boys. Um, we've got to get punched in the mouth a little bit more, I think throughout the course of the year to get us ready for those tight games. And when we get rolling down, you know, the IU, IUP or whatever alphabet school that is, yeah. um, those are great schools. You know, they've just got great tradition and they play great teams year round. And, and the great Midwest is fantastic. I'm really excited. They're in the Northern tier on this year. Um, so we're going to see Marquette like right out of the gate. Nice. Like that, what a great first match of the conference season, right? The guys that knocked them out in the finals of the great Midwest last year. So yeah, it'll be a good season. And um, like I said, though, the number one thing with that group of guys, they love each other. They have a great time together on and off the pitch. It's just fun to watch. So proud of every one of them. Definitely. No, we're excited for that preseason tournament. They're stepping up against those 
D1A, D1AA schools. Um, we think it's going to prep them for a good run. And, no, we're really excited. And we also love what you're doing up in Denver. So, no, thank you yeah. for joining us. We'd love to check in with you again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially during the UNI season. Uh, to see how things Absolutely. are going from your guys' well, point we, of view. And, yeah. rumor, has it, the rumor has it there may be a Panther parent uh, VRBO over in Kansas that weekend, so you never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Right on. Well, hey, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll reach out. We'll, we'll touch base with you on that, and thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for what you guys do, too. Great podcast. Love how you guys are growing the game, everything you're working on. Thanks so much for the support for not just Denver, but for everybody in the state. Thanks. Uh-huh. That means so much for me. For uh, my son's actual father. So, <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike. Have a good one, man. All right, y'all be good. That was Denver legend Mike Isaacson. Appreciate him coming on, and look forward to having him again soon. Yeah, no, great to talk to him, and yeah, to kind of hear how they do things in Denver. Like, not, I don't know. Like the way I want to put it is like. If you can do it in Denver, you can do it anywhere. Like, that's a small town, small community. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, really, it comes down to creating relationships, getting people to buy in, building community, and build off of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like he did say, like, it almost might be easier because small town, he knows everyone. Like, that helps. That is is an interesting point to make you know you know everybody in town and everybody knows you obviously and understands like what your background is and stuff and your you know um connection with the community it it probably does help quite a bit compared to being in a larger area where you might not have as much affiliation with people there's a trust factor there i mean it's the high school football coach former high school football coach track coach saying hey this sport's really cool you should do it well I'm going to trust him because I've seen him in the community and everyone else trusts him and respects him. And, you know, whereas, you know, we're over here like helping with Valley and it's like, Hey, play rugby. And it's like, "Mm, who are you? Yeah. It's like, if my angle, (laughs) yeah. Like if my old high school football coach, you know, if he stopped coaching football, but he told me, he's like, Hey, you should try out rugby, which he was a former rugby player. And he had mentioned it multiple times, like in high school, but we would have had a team. I would have been like, Oh yeah, like I'll, I'll do it. Right. You know, easily. Right. And so, it is cool too. They don't have a girls team yet, but their girls play with Waverly Shell Rock. And, you know, that brings us to there are new girls teams coming up. Yeah. The Iowa High School League is starting it's, soon. So yeah, only a couple of weeks, right? Right. So, I mean, the school year's starting. You're starting to see teams are starting to practice. So, a reminder last year, the teams that were in it Waverly Shell Rock, Cedar Falls, we had. Central Springs, Indianola, Southeast Polk, Ankeny, and Cedar Rapids, Washington. I'm pretty sure all of those clubs are coming back, mm-hmm. as far as I know, because I've seen them posting, um, you know, hey, sign up. And then we have Iowa City is going to have a team mm-hmm. with Megan Carlo. Then there's going to be Mason City is back yep. with Cassie Dre. And then Cedar Rapids Prairie with Eric Frana. So, I mean, three brand new teams. We go from 8 to 11. And, you know, I was looking through old years. I mean, it would be so cool. And it's not going to happen this year just because, obviously, the season starts in a month. Well, you never know. We like There's always, like, some teams that sometimes pop up, like, you know, two weeks before the season even right. starts, you know. So, you never know, but you'll see. Right. And, oh, 
I'm sorry. There was actually more teams that... Sorry, I was reading the state playoff bracket. Uh, Valley, Norwalk, Fort Dodge, and Roosevelt all have teams as well. Mm, yeah. So... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That brings it up to fourteen. Nice. Right. So that's where if all eleven of those teams come back and then you have three new teams, you're up to fourteen. Like my thought is, you know, Lincoln had a team, Adel had a team, Dowling had a team, East Des Moines East had a team. Um, there was a lot of small schools in the beginning that had teams mm-hmm. like Boone and Southeast Warren, Van Meter, like some random small schools. Carlisle has like been looked at, but you know it really comes down to finding those coaches and you know trying to find who who's available. But to go from eleven to fourteen in one year is it's awesome, amazing, and there's potential. Like I said, I mean. There's some good schools that have great athletes that if we could find some coaches, it would be reasonable to think mm-hmm. you could get another one, two, three teams for next fall as well. I wonder, probably a good thing to look at too, like what schools also have like girls wrestling. I feel oh. like that would be a huge gateway for a rugby team to pop up. You know who we need to talk to? Dakota Drenth. Ah. Works at Colfax Mingo. Colfax Mingo has a great girls wrestling program. Mm. And then also, Dallas Center Grimes mm. is another one. Um, trying to think who else. There's another. Well, I I can't believe Decora doesn't have one yet. That's who I was We thinking. need to have Decora. Like, they have some great wrestlers there, and there's obviously a good club up there, too, that could be involved. They have this girl that has won, I think, two state championships. Her I, last think she's, I think she's a, I'm pretty sure she's a three-peat. Her Isn't last, she? Or her, is her... her last name is Simon? Matt yeah. Simons. Yeah. yeah. I thought, is she three beat or two beat? Well, but that's what's tough is that um, it wasn't like officially sanctioned. Mm, so they yeah. had like a girl's state, but it was, yeah. But I mean, she won it. But I think she's a junior this year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so then obviously so, not three beat. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, but I don't know. But I know probably with Decora, the biggest thing that they have issues with, like with the boys' side and men's rugby, like, travel yeah it's you, you it's, a, have, it's a tight little it's in the corner other, yeah you need to have other clubs up there mm-hmm. you know like waverly making a rugby team makes sense yep. great wrestling for the girls so really cool to see you know and last year cedar falls was the state champion they beat waverly 12 to 7 and at irish fest the cedar falls girls ended up walking away the championship of the high school girls division uh waverly was there cedar rapids was there mm-hmm. uh in the boys division Cedar Falls won the high school boys division. So really cool to see these high school teams. The boys come back as like alumni or like one last time before mm-hmm. going to college or one last time before the new school year. And the girls use it as a preseason tournament. Irish Fest is is an awesome time. Yeah, no, and I love like just the involvement for the high school teams and just mm-hmm. so many more teams than previous years. So that's really exciting. Gimli, if you could talk to any person about Irish Fest that we should call, who would it be? Um, first it'd be Phil because he's right next to me. But if we're <laughs> gonna call him on the phone, that'd be silly. So I would say, uh, God, probably probably the one bad man named Todd Becker. You know what? Let's get him on the horn. 
on the horn. And now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com. All right, and we're going to have an interview here with Todd Becker, brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Hey, good job. That was good. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> All right. Hey, Becker, how you doing, man? Doing good, guys. How you doing tonight? Pretty good. I mean, uh, definitely no complaints. I'm not super hungover like usual on a Sunday, so yeah, it's good. Change of pace. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Very. And so you're pretty busy this weekend. You had Irish Fest in town. Uh, how was it for you, man? Yeah, uh, Irish Fest, always a good weekend. Always look forward to it. Um, you know, I think it's, I, I kind of was thinking about how it's, you know, very similar to like the block party, like, you know, for a lot of years myself, even I didn't really realize like what the block party sevens tournament in Iowa city was, or, or that there was like actually a, a community event tied to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, same thing with Irish fest. So, uh, the Waterloo Irish fest goes on that weekend and, uh, you know, they've got all kinds of bands, world known bands, stuff like that. Um, and have a whole whole weekend from Friday through uh, through Sunday. So for us, it's you know it's a lot of setup, it's a lot of work, but uh, you know the Irish Iowa Irish Fest they do a good job of supporting us, getting us stuff. And uh, the tournament's grown over the last however many years. I was kind of laughing with Clint earlier today about how you know that first year they did it at Bar Louise High School. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but they couldn't, couldn't sell it, which was awesome because it was right within walking distance of the downtown area where they where they have it. Um, but they couldn't sell beer and stuff on the on the old high school grounds. And then the next year was at the Waterloo Buck Stadium. And then I think there was a year or two at Tibbetts Field. And then the last several years we've had it out at the uh, the Cedar Valley Soccer Complex, which is a great setup. We, you know, they give us space for a couple of fields, um, which as the tournament's grown, definitely has been needed. So with the boys, uh, high school boys and girls divisions, and then and then the men's divisions. Um, so it's changed over the last few years. There's a lot of setup, but uh, it's it's always a good weekend, and you know, have a good time downtown afterwards. So yeah, and it's I think I saw this was the seventh year that you know the rugby tournament has been a part of it, and so would you say like is it getting bigger in the community? Are there people like in Waterloo, Cedar Falls that are more aware of it after these seven years? Because I know in the past, like on a Friday night, you guys would do a demo for people at the festival. And then when everybody goes to the big stage to announce the winners, everyone's walking around in their rugby shirts. You got the trophy around there. Um, I mean, has that grown every single year as well? And just the awareness awareness of the community? 
Yeah, well, so like the the rugby demo that they've done the night before, um, there's been other years where there's been a few more people. This year, there really wasn't anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Casey Hansen's kids got up there and kind of talked about them playing youth rugby and what their favorite part about rugby was and stuff. Um, so that part really hasn't hasn't grown. I know you know in past years we've had some little kids that have seen it and kind of you know gauge some interest and you know hand out a ball um at the at the celebration and stuff down at the end like i said they have a couple of kegs in the highland games area oh yeah and uh then we do the march down and get up on stage and you always get a few people kind of asking about rugby at during that period of time um it's a, it's a little tough because obviously everything's downtown except for this mm-hmm. um so in past years they've had shuttles out there but i mean i would say you know 95 percent of it was you know your parents of your high school players and and stuff like that or you know this year there was a bunch of old bucks players that came out jody fisher was out there um you know tom harn and uh zach barons and a bunch of guys like that and their family so i mean there was a, a good number of people out there obviously a lot of them were players a lot of them were families of players i don't know how much branching out of like your casual fan you've gotten out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. but um you know, that's the one challenge is that, is that it is away from everything else, whereas downtown they have the 5K run and they have the five, uh, Highland Games and all that stuff. So it's easy if you're already down there to just stay down there. Um, yeah, I mean, but, Casey's I mean is bu- Casey, he's buddies with the guy who runs it, so just tell him to build a pitch right down there, you know, <laughs> 100 meters by 70 meters, no big deal, just some green space. But Phil was telling me that this felt like for him – the biggest one yet just because i mean it seems like as i looked at the brackets you know you had so many high school girls teams you have all these like high school boys teams and the alumni teams was this the biggest year yet for participation i i think so um i guess i don't know the exact numbers on it obviously like i said when they when they first started we did like a 15s and 7s for the men's and then as it's grown and they've added in the high school divisions um, and then like a year or two ago, we started just doing tens for the men's division, which I think has been a good fit. You know, obviously there were some teams that, you know, during the summertime, right before the, the season starts, you know, some people look at it as a good chance to kind of build up before the season comes. But then you also get, you know, your family's going on vacation before the school starts and things mm-hmm. like that. So tens is a little bit more manageable to, to get a full roster over there. Um, but it was really cool seeing the alumni teams there. So Waverly Shell Rock had an alumni team. Um Cedar Falls had an alumni team. Um, Omaha Beavers, they've sent the team the last several years, and they always the stay out and come downtown. Um, Iowa City. So I think in terms of, like, full slate, I mean, it was, you know, there was eight eight men's teams there. And then, uh, you know, you and I. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it went smooth, I thought. I mean, things stayed pretty well. Because the, the only uh, couple of hiccups we had, uh, the – the fields were rock solid, so uh, <laughs> driving in the poles for, for the goalposts, uh, we had a couple of mishaps. One blew over at one point, <laughs> and, uh, and then at one point someone got tackled into one, which also caused that one to collapse. But they were uh, fairly yeah. easy fixes from there. But, uh, yeah, the ground was so hard that we were, like, soaking it with five-gallon buckets on Friday during the <laughs> setup just to try and see if we could get them knocked in a little bit further. But outside of that, everything went, I think, pretty smoothly. And so there was a good amount of people there watching rugby. Um, obviously, having the Cedar Falls boys and girls high school teams and then having an alumni team, the Waverly, um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of interest in rugby in the area right now just with those parents getting behind it. And I, I know you guys talked about 
um, you know, the alumni weekend, the UNI parents, those guys all love it and have great support that, you know, that they've gotten. Um, so you're seeing more and more of that. Um, so yeah, it's been good. Yeah, no, I, I was telling Gray too earlier, like I just had like an absolute blast out there and like, I mean, I wasn't even drinking or anything and I was having like a great time. Um, and Casey and his buddy kind of put me on the spot earlier and now I'm going to ask you it, but they were like, what are like two things you'd want to see different, like done or like, how can we make it better? And I'll make it easier for you. Like if there was like one thing you'd want to change, cause like, I felt like you guys did a great job, but I'm curious if there was like one thing you would like to see done differently or a way to like improve it, I guess. Well, this is <laughs> yeah, see, guess that's how I felt when Casey put me on the spot for that. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, I guess the things that I'm thinking of are more like uh, administrative setup stuff because it, it is a full a full day setup on Friday. And I know Casey and I kind of shot out some different ideas of maybe having the soccer complex, you know, just even get the boxes and stuff lined up because you know we don't play there, so doing the setup of you know getting your corners figured out and then getting your your box figured out. I mean, the painting process takes a long, long time. So even if we can get them to do the the box and then we can paint the thighs and the 15. So from a setup thing that, um, and I don't know if this, this might be insider knowledge and <laughs> new, new, uh, new information, but when we were actually tearing down today, uh, we were talking with the guy that he runs the Highland Games part. And so they do the Highland Games. Uh, I think that's actually where they have the keg at uh, mm-hmm. for the, the after social. Um and, and obviously that's great for them because it's right down there and, and, and that kind of stuff. But um, he would have talked about moving some of the Highland games and stuff like that out to the soccer complex. Oh. And so, I mean, I can see that going two ways. I mean, that could help to bring more people out there. Like, if, oh, okay, we want to go see the Highland games. And now they're seeing rugby going on out there mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it's hard to say if that generate more interest or if that's just going to prevent people from leaving the downtown area to go see it because it's not downtown like it normally is so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i mean you know i guess biggest thing is just getting teams committed and getting them committed probably earlier i know some of that usually kind of comes down to a last minute not even last minute but uh, the whole you know teams don't really want to commit until, <laughs> until you get closer to so yeah um that's something yeah, too I okay. talked to Casey about about certain divisions. It's and tournaments all across the summer where some people are like, "Well, who's coming?" And it's like, "Well, no one's signed up yet." Well, I'm not going to sign up to other teams sign up. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, then nobody signs up." And it's one of those things that's so frustrating. I I told Casey from the start like, "We're not going to have a men's team just because all of our guys are are taking this time off before the season starts, but we will have a high school team one way or another." You know, and it's Mm-hmm. that's something that's frustrating when teams do that the whole well who's who's gonna be there it's like a party yeah. like you know like <laughs> i'm not going unless i know people and it's like well then no one's gonna go and you're hurting everybody yeah. by doing that you know like just show yeah. up you know and and i mean i think the in the high school division obviously casey's got a lot of connections and stuff like that i think those chicago teams have had a, a good time coming out and, and doing that trip they you know load up a bus and drive them out there and um, then obviously you have the local area of Waverly Shell Rock and, and Cedar Falls boys and girls teams. Um, so the high school division is probably a little bit easier. I, you know, I know, like I said, on the men's side, um, you know, most of those are tried and true. They come, come back every single year, but yeah, just knowing ahead of time, I think we were a couple of weeks out and he's like, we have one team in each division right now. <laughs> um, but like you said, I, it, with the Cedar Valley soccer complex, I mean, 
again, I don't know how big or, or how big you could or necessarily want to grow it. Um, but I, I think in terms of like field and facilities and stuff like that, if we needed more fields, if we got more teams committed that were coming, um, I, I think that they would be more than willing to provide us with an additional field to, to run the tournament that way. So, I mean, mm. that would be awesome to see, but, um, yeah, I mean, Oh yeah. And you know, let's, let's start pitching for next year because we already know first weekend of August, you know, book it. Irish Fest is an awesome time. Can you talk about for people that haven't been to Irish Fest or the Irish Fest rugby tournament, you know, what is Irish Fest just in itself, not rugby? And then, you know, when you guys do go downtown after winning the tournament, what does that look like? Because, you know, Phil and I, we were on a couple of those teams at the start. I mean, it was a lot of fun after you win the tournament and then you go downtown, you have the little march and then afterwards celebrating. Can you talk about, you know, Irish Fest in general and then after you win, uh, what does that look like? I mean, a PG version, you know, not all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, it, I mean, it's a great event. So I don't know how I think it's 15 plus years that they've been doing it. Um, Chad Shipman, who I've actually known for quite a few years now, even before I knew he was with Irish Fest. Um, I've known him for quite a few years. And, and then uh, Casey and Clint are actually on the board um, for Irish uh, Iowa Irish Fest. So um, it's, I think it's the second largest in the U.S. Um, so it, it's a it's a really big event. It pulls in a bunch of people to the downtown area. Um, they block off, oh, man, I don't even know, like 10 blocks, blocks in downtown yeah. Waterloo. Um, and they've got two or three different stages. So you got uh, the Trinity Irish dancers out there. You have Gaelic Storm, who's oh, yeah. a, a international known band. Um, the Red Hot Chili Pipers are always <laughs> fun to watch. So I mean, they, it, I always enjoy it because it's just completely different than I was joking with Tom about this this morning. Actually, like it's something completely different. You know, you you have your. Uh, Iowa State Fair or your your know, small town days where it's like the band's going to play Journey again, <laughs> and, and, you know. So with these guys, you know, they got the bagpipes out and they're playing that, and um, it's just a, a different style of you know they're playing Irish music. Um, they've got you know the food vendors are great. You've got your mm. you know your barbecues and all that stuff, but then you've got your bangers and mash and meat pies. So it's like different foods. They've got all kinds of vendors. All the bars are opened up, so you can walk into Jameson's and you know walk right outside with your beer and go watch the band. And they've got all kinds of you know vendors and drinks and everything out there. So it's it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I mean they pulled tens of thousands of people, um, and it's, it's like I said, I believe it's the second largest in the country behind maybe the one in Milwaukee. So with it being that big, I mean, have you thought about reaching out to like the Southside Irish in Chicago or any other Irish themed rugby clubs? I mean, because it does pull people from all over. I mean, it could be, I don't know, an interesting tie in there to try to get some Irish themed rugby clubs there. Is that something you guys have talked about or just really first come first serve start local, go from there? Yeah. So, I mean, so uh, some of those earlier, I think like Eastside Banshees actually came down. Oh yeah. Um, there were there were some different teams. I don't know about necessarily the Chicago teams if if they've really been approached or asked about coming. I know one challenge that we've ran into because um, uh, when we did the Raw Dogs tour with you know Phil and and all those uh, Wisconsin guys, it's also the same weekend as that big tournament up in up mm-hmm. in Mass. Um, yeah. And obviously, 
we can't change our date. Our date is set by when I, you know, when they do the Iowa Irish Festival, there's always the first weekend in August and they always do their tournament the first weekend in August. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they have any intention of doing theirs because we talked to the, their social chair for the, for the Wisconsin team and, you know, like, Hey, what can we do to make this work? But obviously that always kind of falls on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess I haven't done necessarily a ton of recruiting to get other teams <laughs> out there, but um, like I said, I know like the Omaha team has came every year and they, they always kind of hype it up and you know they get a hotel and stay downtown. And nice. um, like I said, I, I think, you know, Iowa Irish Fest, you know, set this whole thing up. And obviously the big thing is we want to see teams, you know, when they get done you, with your, with your uh, entry fee to get into the tournament. I mean, they, they do, treat the teams really well you get a wristband to go in there which is i think like a 20 dollar a day wristband Mm -hmm. Uh, so you get a wristband to go downtown you can you know spend there the whole weekend um they do the kegs afterwards for for the team so it's like you're you know you're getting some drinks and some different stuff for your for your for your money that you're spending to get into the tournament um it's just a yeah completely different event and hopefully just getting people to keep going downtown and, and enjoying themselves and they want to come back and tell other teams to, to come down too. So, Oh yeah. And you're with Bremer County bucks and Bremer County won again, the men's division. Um, how do you guys build off of this as a club? I mean, you had a lot of Cedar falls alumni, uh, you had Waverly al- alumni. Um, what's, you know, moving from Irish fest into the fall season, you know, what's the plan to, to get those guys, keep it going yeah actually this is a, a redemption <laughs> redemption weekend last year we got beat by iowa city oh iowa yeah city won it last year so that was the first time bringer hadn't won it um six out of seven ain't bad though <laughs> yeah, <it's pretty> good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not bad but you always hate to lose the one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh um no i mean it was it, like i said with being part of bringer it was a. Uh, it was a good weekend. I mean, obviously we have a lot of guys that, you know, are on Bremer's team now that maybe some guys that the way that our fall season went last year, um, we were young, you know, a lot of your key pieces mm-hmm. like Wickham and Casey and, and Cody Pierce and all those guys that have been around and have played a lot of rugby, um, you know, are, are starting to, you know, uh, grow out, not even grow out of it, but you know, at some day your, your time will come and, and you're, uh, you know, <laughs> busy with your kids and stuff and everything else. And uh, so there was a lot of guys, young guys that got a lot of minutes and a lot of experience playing in the fall um, and in the spring. And so that, you know, this weekend we had quite a few guys that were kind of getting their feet wet or, or have maybe played some, but got a chance to get more minutes in. And then, you know, I kind of said it to the uh, Cedar Falls alumni team and the Waverly Shot Rock alumni team, like, there's a lot of talent out there, guys. Like you got, there's a lot of a lot of talent on those teams, and obviously some of those guys have played for the Bucks or or are planning on play for the Bucks. Um, but there's also a whole lot of guys that you know haven't played for the Bucks or, or aren't currently playing outside of jumping into this tournament and playing. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, we we got a home for you, <laughs> a yeah. few miles up the road, right. um, and let's let's get you back out let's let's get you playing so that's something tom um, and i have talked about too where we see it in the des moines area as well where these alumni oh, teams come like around. the toys for tots thing it's every year yeah, it's like I remember you play talking about that with the toys for tots and you get the yeah. ankeny team and you get the lincoln team and you get 
like, holy crap, man, there's a lot of, a lot of guys out there that, you know, have played through the high school sevens ranks and, uh, or maybe played in college or, or yeah. wherever. And then, you know, just stopped. And whether that's, they didn't want to play anymore, maybe injuries, maybe just life got in the way, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, uh, finding a way to get those guys to, to fall in love with it and and stick out with it. So yeah, it seems um, like Irish Fest is a good spot. You you win the tournament, you treat them to a good time, and it's like it's and like we see that you know Toys for Tots too, where those guys are like, oh my god, this is so much fun, can't wait for next year. And you're like, why wait? Like we have a match in three weeks. Like yeah. come on out. And so you know your background, you wrestled in college at a high level, and then you found rugby. You know what what keeps bringing you back? To rugby yeah so i mean i um I, I wrestled i grew up in garyville so i wrestled at don bosco went to iowa state and wrestled there for a few years and then um transferred to warburg and so i finished off wrestling there and um at the time cody pierce actually knew a bunch of he was living with there so he had bought a house and a bunch of wrestlers were living with him and then i was actually going to be moving in with him and i had never really i I knew who the all blacks were, but I had never, I couldn't even say I had watched a rugby match. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and Cody's pitch was kind of, uh, Hey, you're going to be living with me and you're going to come to the games and you're going to drink beer. So you should probably just play. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. And, uh, but I, I probably also should give a little shout out to, uh, Mark Johnson maybe partially recruited me before I even Mark knew that piece because Mark, Mark and I actually worked at uh, Target Distribution Center together, <laughs> and we would uh, we had the perfect shift. It was it was perfect for a guy like I still had when I started working there. I still had another semester left of, of college, but we had like a noon to like whenever the work got done, which was typically around eight PM unless things broke down or whatever. And uh, so we would have something we called casual blackout Thursdays, where, <laughs> where, where we would uh, that was we worked Sunday to Thursday, so Thursday nights we went out and we went hard, and uh, so that's how I got to know him. And then he kind of talked to me about he'd say stuff about rugby, and I knew he played for you and I, but I didn't know anything about it. And then when Cody kind of said that, well, Mark was obviously around at that time, so those two kind of got me wrapped in, but. Yeah, I mean, when I first started playing, uh, you know, all of the Iowa teams were Division Two, which is you know mm-hmm. crazy to kind of think. Uh, just like you said, with some of the clubs folding up or or you know struggling with numbers or you know even just having most of those teams in Division Three the last several years um, instead of having a D two team. When we first started, it was all the teams were in D two, and uh, when I when I jumped on, I was maybe player number 17 or 18 Bremer did not have a deep bench. Um, <laughs> it had a bunch of, a bunch of bad, bad dudes though. And, uh, you can swear on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying to keep it PG. But, um, so considered. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of trial by fire, right? I'd never, yeah. never seen. And, and people just told me like, Hey, go in there, be aggressive and find work just go out and hammer, you know, we'll never get mad at you for being aggressive and, and trying to make a play and getting called for a penalty. Cause eventually you're going to learn, right. You're going to like, you can watch rugby all day. And that, and this is what I tell guys now. Anyways, like new guys, like, Hey, I, I know you don't know anything and you can watch all day and we can kind of tell you and, and that helps. But until you actually jump in there yes, and see yeah. the speed of the game and see what's happening and, and make a tackle and, you know, you'll see, you know, 
every new guy. You see him make a tackle, and he's on his knees, and he's grabbing for the ball and trying to screw it away. You know, like, so it's like until you, you know, until they actually feel it, they, they don't, you know, they don't know it. So it's getting those guys in there and just let it rip, right? Yeah. We, we can teach you as you play, and, and when you make mistakes, you're going to learn from it. But that was kind of how I started. Um, you're a bad you know, man I, too, Becker, so you fit, you fit right <laughs> in. <laughs> You know, like like I said, wrestling I think is a great a great sport to transition from. Uh, when I when I did first start playing, again with the team that we had and the numbers that we had, um, I think I played flank and I played lock. And you know, I'm not a very big lock. And at the time, I was maybe 200 pounds, so I'm a lot different. To, I've changed <laughs> shapes and sizes since then, but and moved around <laughs> on the field. But um, you know, coming right out of college from from wrestling tackling was what i was used to right double yeah. leg takedown it's 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 ingrained in you from wrestling so hey right. make the tackle get back up and and find work so and that's what uh, i feel like bremer has always had you know like when we were with bremer it just loaded with former wrestlers and oh, yeah. like just that mindset that it takes to be a wrestler and then like you said just the tackling you know it's there and just that grittiness of like one-on-one I'm going to beat the guy across from me um, and then having 15 guys on the field who have that mindset you know that was a huge strength and I think you could find that because of wrestlers and then thinking of some of the other former wrestlers um, that would come out for Bremer and like you know like Puna Lee who's now in the UFC fighting you know like guys like yeah. him who like hey he stopped in played some rugby and then now he's out there I mean it just kind of speaks to like what Wartburg wrestling does because I mean, that's how Bremer was founded. It was because Wartburg was like, Hey, let's not do rugby anymore. And now it's Bremer County. And there's always been that connection there. And I like how you guys now have the orange little sleeve to kind of shout out the, how the club was founded and you know, how things are always connected in Waverly there. So yeah, definitely. So when you think of like, you know, Hold on, hold on. When you brought it, when you, when you brought up Puna, it kind of made me laugh because, uh, so yeah, Puna obviously he was from Hawaii and and came to Warburg and ended up being an All American. And when we first got him to play, like he knew a little bit about it. Yeah, obviously, he had seen it and stuff, and he enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> and then he ended up, you know, moving back and got into UFC because there was another guy that wrestled at Warburg, Dan Ige, who's also in the UFC, mm. and. uh so we Warburg was supposed to tournament out in Las Vegas in December, and so we got to go. We take the team; and they get a workout in at the UFC Performance Center, and Ega and Puna were there. And I I asked Puna when we were there in December, and I said, I said, hey, I mean, if this doesn't work out, you can always come back and play for the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of laughed, and he's like, I loved it, man. He's like, I, if I was around, I would absolutely play with you guys. But I go, ah, oh, it's okay. I think this is probably a little bit more lucrative for you. But, <laughs> yeah, 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 he definitely did. He enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, like I said, you know, I went, there's a lot of guys that have came that have stuck around. Obviously, a lot of those guys, even before me, Barons, Wickham, all those guys had wrestling backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been a lot of guys where, you know, circumstances change where they 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 liked it they, they really liked playing but didn't end up sticking around you know we had a couple guys of carrington banks played a little bit for like sevens and stuff and then got uh ended up going to uh the ultimate fighter and and being on different stuff and then ben nagle was a guy he was an all-american yeah. and uh took a job as a firefighter and moved back to uh, north scott area i believe or quad cities area and um 
you know, at the time he's like, well, I'd like to keep playing, but he's, but this job, he's just like, I don't really want to risk getting injured, but you know, there was guys that enjoyed it and it's just getting them to enjoy it long enough to make it, you know, like, Hey, I want to keep doing this and not just dip their toe in it and say, yeah, that was fun. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go do something else. But Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I wanted to go next was, you know, we have so many people that have like dipped their toe in and then like, I just, I can't do it. And so like, as like, we're talking here with multiple different people and we're trying to focus on like trying to get ideas out there for other clubs, high school, college, men's, women's, you know, how do we, how do we get people to, to stick around? You know, what is it to you? What is it to you, you know, to get guys to stick around at Bremer? Um, What, what do you think it comes down to? or something that we could do to, you know, keep people in the rugby community? I mean, I, I, to me, I guess it kind of just keeps coming back to to selling the community of it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I talked with a bunch of the guys this last year, too, of, like, um, we got Sean Lord and uh, Thomas Foy. You know, they're both 28, 29 years old. When they wrestled at Waverly um, before Waverly – had a rugby team i mean they were class of like 2013 or 2014 something like that and uh i was helping helping out and wickham was obviously the coach um and those guys just came out this last year for the first time and they they've absolutely fallen in love with it and the biggest part that they love about it is is the community right mm-hmm. and i've tried to tell those guys like being in d2 and it was a struggle you know obviously we got our you know, we've, we've let, handed out a lot of beatdowns over the years, and it was, you know, a humbling experience to, to get those beatdowns leveled back on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a young squad that, that learned a lot and uh, got a lot of minutes and a lot of experience. And I told those guys, like, you know, for that D2 schedule, I go, travel-wise, this really isn't that bad, right? Yeah. We had three games in St. Paul, Minneapolis area, and one game in Des Moines, and I'm like, you know, yeah, no one likes to do the road trip, the, the the thought of driving, right? But embrace the road trip. Make it make it fun, you know. Have, yeah. you know, we've had different times where we've had guys drive up by themselves or drive up with their girlfriend, and you know, I get that. But it's like, hey, you can still bring your girlfriend and pile two or three other guys in the truck <laughs> and, <laughs> and go have a couple of Diet Pepsis and, uh, and crank some tunes and, you know, laugh and have a good time and, and, and share the bed at the hotel too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, talking to Sean the, uh, yesterday or the other day at Irish Fest, like he was talking about that. He's like, we had so much fun in the fall. Like those road trips were, were 90% yeah. of the fun, right? Like dude, go I'll... play a game. It's a way to stay competitive doing something. Like when I got down to wrestling, I, you know, I knew I wasn't going to go wrestle at a higher level or do, you know, so it was like, but I still had that competitive edge. And, I guess to me, like playing pickup basketball league or playing slow pitch softball league, like yeah, that's good. you can have a good time doing that. That's that's fine, but it didn't fit my competitive drive. And so, like finding those guys that just still want to stay competitive, they still want to be physical. Like you get to hit a guy and and maybe jaw a little bit, and then you can go have a beer with, with them afterwards. And, <laughs> And uh, and then, like I said, you know, road trip home and, and have fun with your buddies and just you know, I, some of my best memories were, were the road trips. Yeah. Whether it was you know the bus rides to Rochester, New York, or bus rides to you know the runs for national championships when we made the final four and, and the national final. Um, 
but I mean, even the local games, I can't tell you how many, you know, how many times we had car full of Zeus and Nugent and uh, Hoyer and <laughs> I mean all all kinds of dudes and, and Shipper, just you know, those those car rides were the best, right? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because like we've talked about that a couple of times. We're like, yeah, some of our favorite memories are literally like the road trips, going to some of these matches. Like, like the year after the national championship when we got bumped up to D2. Like some of those times where we just like went up to Rochester to stay at Fishes for the night, like the day or the night before yeah. matches. Those are some of my favorite memories. Like we had so much fun doing that. Like ah, oh. like yeah, yeah. All the road trips like were always fun. <laughs> I got a pee game. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Dude, uh, I remember. The- yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I think anyone you talk to, uh, did, I think that's what they all kind of revert back to, right? Is the the community of it? Yeah. But again, you got to get their foot in there, and you gotta you gotta keep them around long enough to find <laughs> to find that. And so that that is the challenge, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I would say like with what's going on on the high school level right now, like I think that's driving it. It's, it's not just the community level of it, but it's, it's the level of rugby in Iowa is so, so, so much higher than what it was when, when I started. Oh, I mean, you yeah. watch, like I said, the, the alumni teams that were out there playing or you go to whatever. I mean, the level of play is incredible, mm-hmm. right? And getting Frana and Casey and all those guys doing the Rebel Rugby and the elite, you know, the high school elites and, and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, these kids can see it as a potentially, you know, an opportunity to go to college and play yeah. um, or, or go play at a higher level. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know, like it, you can still play at a high level, be competitive, but also still have a good time, right? Like exactly. I kind of think of it as like D3 wrestling, like I was going to go to Warburg and wrestle or go to Iowa state and not wrestle. And I ended up walking on at Iowa state. Uh, things kind of changed, but D one was a grind. Like, mm. I mean, it's every day, <laughs> you know, it, and, and D three, you know, Warburg is national champs in wrestling. It's not that it's easier or, or like, I don't want to say that, but it's, it's, there's still a lot of work to be done, right? Yeah. It's still hard. There's still days that kick your ass. There's still like that struggle, but the it's it's not the day to day grind, right? Yeah. You can enjoy your life more outside of this. It. Just something is more relaxed about it, and that's the way I look about like club club rugby. Is like you can mm-hmm. still, like I said, we're not we're not demanding three nights or five nights of practice a week mm-hmm. and then go out and play. It's hey, come to practice on Wednesday night. Let's go out and have a couple of beers afterwards. Yeah. And then on Saturday, we're going to road trip and, and have a couple of drinks after the game and have a good time and meet new people. And, you know, we've traveled across the country and some of us have, you know, gone on tours and, you know, touring rugby is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, getting those guys, to, if you can get them to do that, like, it, it's it's a blast. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and speaking of coaching, are you are you gonna dip your toe in there and coach some high school? Are you gonna bring some rugby to Don Bosco, or got any plans for that? You know, the, the, it's been brought up a couple of times. I, <laughs> That's why I'm putting I'm you not, on the spot. I'm not sure. Casey <laughs> always tells me I know more than I think, but I I don't think my rugby IQ is really all that high. But I've heard you say like. Yeah, but it's still higher than the high school kid that doesn't know any different. But, I was going to say, I feel like um, I'm talking to Phil here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, 
I, I usually stop out a few of the practices or even if it's, you know, they're having their practices before the, the Bremer club practices, mm-hmm. um, the Waverly kids, I've stopped in there, gave them a defensive look and that kind of stuff. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, I don't know. The Don Bosco, I guess it would be interesting to see if they, they were about 80 kids. <laughs> so they, they are one of the smallest schools in the state, but right. Yeah. Those kids are also involved in everything. They're obviously really competitive in football, so I think it would be a great, great transition for them there. They're great in wrestling, so it's a great transition there. Um, Do they run an but, option offense? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's eight man. <laughs> well, it's, it's eight man football. So if you got one athlete, you're you're in a good spot. But if you got two or three athletes, you're you're in a really really good spot. So <laughs> sounds uh, like sevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Perfect that's transition. True. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I think there would probably be some kids that would be interested. I. I Maybe I hit out some feelers, I guess, maybe. And just harass Colby Yoder a little bit about it and see what happens. Oh, yeah. DJ Yo Dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, Becker, we appreciate you for coming on and kind of, you know, pitching Irish Fest again. I, I feel like it's something that if people haven't been there, get your team, get ready for next year. Because that's the thing. Like, no one should ever be surprised when Irish Fest comes around because it's always the same weekend, first weekend in August. And, yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing how Bremer does this uh, fall. And we'll definitely be seeing you that last week the of the season. last week, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wombats yep. and Bremer up in Waverly again. Unless the schedule changes again. <laughs> oh, let's hope not. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. That's not funny. <laughs> no, nah, I think this one's sad. I think it's probably uh, pretty locked in now. But, and I if it's so. not, we're not changing anything. We're just not showing up. <laughs> yeah. No, but – no man, we'll uh we'll talk to you soon and yeah, thank you again for for coming on. All right guys, well, yeah, it's been fun. Uh I I've made it a point to to listen to every episode, so it's been fun oh, listening wow. to it. Oh, shut I, up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm that guy, so no, it's been fun listening to, you know, the different you know, perspectives and the different uh, you know, high school kids that you guys are getting the spotlight on and trying to grow it and uh, you know, that's great doing your part so yeah no i appreciate you guys having me on maybe uh one of these days i can get down to the to the den and have some drinks there with you so oh it'd be even better we'd love to see that mustache (laughs) (laughs) sounds good guys all right have a good night man love you And that was Todd Becker of the Bremer County Bucks talking about the Irish Fest and how everything went. And uh, you know what? It's always good to hear from Todd. Todd's always got so many, so much good things to say. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And I was, you know, I had the pleasure of, uh, you know, being in the front row with front row with him. He locked a couple times, you know. So I had cheek to cheek with him many times in a rugby game, obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, always great to talk to Todd and. And yeah, good to hear the recap of Irish Fest. And, you know, that wasn't the only big thing happening this weekend. We're now going to have a segment here, not sponsored, but Gimli, this is your segment. This is my segment? Wow, yeah. I feel honored. Yeah. I can't believe it. You did your is homework. It, is you it? Did, you you want to know something, too? I'm not good at homework. Well, you've done more prep work for this show. Yeah. <laughs> Phil's already looking at me. Like, what? <laughs> You've done more prep work for this show than than. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? Okay, we'll we'll cut the cut.
cut this cut out. It, cut know. it. Cut I it. I was going to make it. a joke. Gonna, Phil, you do a lot of work. You're going to hurt me. Yeah, don't don't hurt do. Phil. Okay, I'm sorry. but Phil's my friend. You you really prepped this. What else was happening Saturday? Well, Saturday, there was a little friendly match. 15s, uh, pre-World Cup. We do have the men's uh, rugby union World Cup coming up in about a month from now. A yeah, little less than a month. Who's not in it? Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our home, our home favorite, the USA team. Mm-hmm. They were playing some friendlies, though. Uh, they were in uh, Bucharest. You ever been to Bucharest, Ryan? No, I have no clue. Where is that, Phil? Where's Bucharest? <laughs> that, man, you put me on the spot. I'm not very good at geography. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Bucharest, not Budapest. So they were playing the Romanian team. You know, not to be confused with Transylvania, because they were the same thing. Mm. Not, not no more. Oh, well, uh, if you would have said Transylvania, I would have known that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Phil my knows my Transylvania. You know, gypsies and stuff. Can you call them gypsies yeah, anymore? Yeah, I don't think you can. Okay, that's yeah, my actually, fault. That's I'm not... new. <laughs> cool, we just got Fired already. Fired already. <laughs> okay, okay, so your first segment's going well. Yeah, so <laughs> off to a good start. Let's talk about the match and not, like... The match actually went a lot better than how I'm doing, so that's good. Uh, for, the, for the Eagles, that is. Uh, Eagles started off with a bang. Uh, kind of... Had a great had a great first half. Uh, twenty, I think there was twenty one nothing. They were up at the end of the first half, and then into the second half, they kind of just dominated. Man, um, defense was strong. It was thirty one nil at one point with about twenty minutes left, hmm. and then uh, they got some they got some reserves in, and uh, Romania did manage to get some points on the board. They finished off with 12, 12 points, but you know it's just a friendly. But I I don't know. Be honest with you, I don't know a lot about the Romanian rugby team. Did they qualify for the World Cup? They did, though. So that that is one thing I so do know. They're they're playing they're playing uh, Ireland. I think their first game. So okay. we didn't, but they did. But, but we, we beat, beat them. them. We did. So we should take their spot. That's not how it works, <sighs> yeah, is it? If only that's how it worked. And plus, Romania going up against Ireland, very first match. That's gonna be a lot of work for them. Yeah, also, too, don't us. know what their roster looked like. Could they have been holding back a little bit? Because they're like, that's yeah. possible. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But still, I mean, when I saw the roster was announced, there was some guys on there like Cam Dolan was at lock. You have Nate Osberger, who was the backline player of the year. He was at wing. People, people on social media were kind of hating on this roster selection. Mm, weird. And they, they didn't like... And, like, there were some new guys that were in the lineup, some guys that hadn't been capped before, some guys who have but haven't played big minutes. And, yeah, people were kind of trashing it. And then, after the match... So, the coach right now is interim coach Scott Lawrence. But after the match, there's been so much positive support for Scott Lawrence. Dan Payne put on Facebook, go ahead, do what's best for the USA rugby community. Sign the guy. Back the man. Throw out the word interim and do what's right and let him lead the program forward. Take an audit of where every non-American head coach for the men's national team over the past 40 years is at this moment. Are they still contributing to rugby in this country once the paychecks stop? Coaches Clark, Billups, Tolkien, all here and still adding value to the game in our country. So, pause. This is now my words. Clark is over at Cal, right? Jack mm. Clark. Tom Billups, he's from Iowa. Great mustache. Yeah. Jack Clark. Oh, uh, Tom Billups, though. He's from Iowa. He's from the Quad Cities, I think. Bettendorf? 
Mm. He was the one who scouted Paul Emmerich. Yeah. Um, but he's also an assistant at Cal. And then Mike Tolkien, all former USA coaches, all American, all continuing to grow the sport. Exactly. Whereas yeah. when you look at all these foreign guys. Burlington's where he's from. Burlington, thank you. Yeah. Um, Not the coat factory. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of my coaching philosophy came from uh, Iowa High School Coaching Summit, and Tom Billups came down and co- or led a lecture. Yeah. I almost said sermon. Um, <laughs> but it, it kind of was. Similar like a sermon. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of is gospel because it's like, oh, you're Tom Billups. You've coached national you. level teams. Like, what you say is gospel because it works. Um, but these foreign guys, they come in and they coach they don't do well and then they take their money and they go home and we keep doing the same thing over and over so uh that's who they are if you don't know who those names were so i'm going to jump back in so back to what dan payne said all i'll say this should be a layup for this bod board of directors i didn't know yeah I don't do this often, but spread this. Build the support. Express your opinion. Let the elected officials know. Think about where the Americans mentioned above are now that held the same position and what they continue to do to grow the game here. There's no better American for the job, and it shouldn't be a non-American when we have a coach that is so qualified. Whether head coach of the men's national team or any other level, Scott Lawrence will invest the same level of dedication for the game here until the very end. And then Tony Ridnell, he's big on the West Coast. He said, I'm with Dan Payne on this one. Let's go. Uh, Sign Scott Lawrence through 27. Key word that Dan says, back him 100%. Paul Emmerich shared it. Louder for those in the back. One definition for insanity is doing the same thing over and over and Mm -hmm. over and expecting a different result. Let's stop the madness. So I love that because, yeah, it's we have an American. He took a lineup that a lot of people, being an armchair quarterback, were like, this lineup isn't good. Goes out, gets a big lead, wins that match, doing some really positive things. And he's American. He cares. These guys who come, they apply... They don't care as much because it's not their home. You know, we want to see rugby do well. So, uh, Scott Lawrence. Yeah, and like you said, the lineup that people you know may or may not have known very well because I saw one uh, headline that said, "Who are these guys?" The Eagles summer tour. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, like you said, guys that were playing MLR a lot. You know, guys that might not have as many caps under their belt or might have played a little bit back. You know, a few years ago, but. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily young, all young, up-and-coming guys, a lot of experienced guys. Like you said, like Nate Augsburger, uh, you know, a Minnesota alumni, Midwest, um, once played against the UNI Panthers. Oh, yeah, we bring that up all the time. Yeah. Because Gray brings that up all the time, not me. I seen it. I seen it. But Um, my thing is, too, like, we have this mindset of, like, how pipelines in the United States work for the World Cup and the national team. It's not working, obviously. And, like, so people are, like, so, like, oh, we got to stay with the status quo because that's how it's been and that's how my brain works. And it's, like, no, we need to flip it on its head. We need to do something different because that obviously isn't working. Otherwise, we would be in the World Cup. So, it's, like, well, literally, Paul Emmerich hit it right on the head. No definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. Time for a change. Yeah. It's, like, what's the worst that could happen, you know? 
not I mean, make the World we, Cup. Well, I mean, away. But we haven't made yeah the World Cup, so might as well try something different or what would be considered unorthodox, you know, mm-hmm. and just go for it. Right. And so coming up next Saturday, USA Rugby plays Portugal, and then the Saturday after that, uh, the USA team plays the University of Georgia Bulldogs. What? Sorry, there's a country named Georgia. Is that? Can you fact oh. check that, Gimli? I I can't. I don't even need my phone for that. Yes, there's a country called okay. Georgia. I did the look on Phil's like, face. Wait a minute. I'm like, what? Ugga <laughs> no. will Ugga will not be there, as far as I know. Phil, we've talked about that. How Georgia has tried to get into the Six Nations tournament because yeah. Italy is kind of yeah. garbage, and Georgia is like, we can be that tier one team. Yeah. Give yeah. us a chance. You threw me off with the Georgia Bulldogs thing. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Like, that's not a very good friendly. <laughs> I mean. They're they're like scarier Russians, basically. You know? Yeah. Stalin was Georgia. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's what I need to know. That's why, like, that's an interesting fact. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Romania, Portugal, Romania. and Georgia are all in the World Cup. Yeah. Yes. USA is not. So and the USA are, is playing all three. All yeah. three of those. Teams. So it's a way for USA to be like, okay, we gotta f- get our ducks in a row and like get back on track. Mm-hmm. Where these teams are using the USA as like a warm up. So not really sure what their lineups look like, but yeah, Georgia is a great, great competition. And if you want to watch the Portugal match next Saturday, or the Georgia match the Saturday after, they are all on the Rugby Network for free. So oh, that's great. You can check that out. Yeah. Get the app on your phone. It's so easy. If you like, or you know trying to do other stuff during the day but you still want to watch it just download the app and it's like free advertisement right there right <laughs> free plug right yeah we keep plugging them they're not a sponsor <laughs> but also like someday but well, i like what they do though that's huge like to get more ruby out there and for free oh it's better than flow yeah and it's and like i said you can have it on your phone yeah i think some tvs even like support it too it might be well we've watched the mlr matches yeah. on the rugby network on I my tv like roku does something mm-hmm. with them i think too last thing i have about world cup stuff uh world rugby ceo alan gilpin has revealed that they plan to go big in america in the year 2031 with the expansion of the rugby world cup to 24 teams under serious considerations so damn ooh. So well, they're, they're going to try to make it easy. So they're going to get us in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people are like, "Well, they should have done that this year." Like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But I mean, I think they probably look at it as like, when it's inclusive or when it's exclusive, it means more. But when you have more teams, hey, guess what? More countries around the world are watching. Yeah, I could. That's tough. I don't know. I. I don't know if they should really expand it that much more, to be honest, because like you said, the whole exclusive thing, it's an honor to be able to play mm-hmm. in the World Cup. You need to deserve to make it there. But more eyeballs, more revenue. And yeah. it would and it would kind of suck if you had a American Rugby World Cup, you know, World Cup in America, and you didn't even have – there's only really two viable options for North American teams. That's the USA and Canada. And if Is it neither one of, one of them though, get like in – The Olympics, ugh. where if you host, you're automatically in, or – no, I don't think so. Okay. Again, that's a thing where it's like you need to deserve to, you know, make it to that point. So they're really trying it's, to break the but, rules yeah, and I know. make it's new like, rules if it's for all USA about, to make it in. Because I, well, I always thought the World or World Cup was, you know, it's about, you know, representing your country. Like a lot of these guys don't technically really get paid because it's considered an honor to be able to represent your country mm-hmm. in the World Cup. Right. I always thought that was kind of like the whole gist of it, really. So if you expanded that much more, 
you know, I understand, like, from a revenue It's still going to mean a lot, though. Yeah, I know. It definitely will, but, I don't for me personally, I think I'd rather be, like, exclusive. Yeah, I think you definitely should have to earn it a little bit, but, you know, maybe the parameters should be a little bit different, obviously. Like you said, Romania is in it to win it, and we, you know kind of walked all over him and as as much as people were talking i did see, i did notice uh, talking about being unexperienced or kind of were baffled by the lineup there was only nine guys that got their first cap in that game so that meant you know a majority of the roster has played you know right, has right. competed you know so at an international level yeah they're capped yeah no no cap only nine guys were no cap we're too old to be saying that i know i'm trying to bring the youth on here <laughs> yeah no cap uh, I think you used it correctly. <laughs> Speaking of the youth, though, there is someone I want us to talk to who is connected into the youth game. Uh, Badger Kings Rugby. Have you guys heard of this? Oh, of course. I have not. So Badger Kings Rugby. Phil, why don't you tell Gimli what it is? Yeah, so basically Badger Kings is like a media outlet. So he does a bunch of photos and like media stuff for mostly like primarily Wisconsin teams and a lot of youth programs. So... It's really cool just to be able to get, like, the images and stuff out there and for mm-hmm. people to be able to see, you know, like, family members or, you know, your kids or whatever playing or yourself playing. You know, or your girlfriend. Or your girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, you're a significant <laughs> other. No, it's really cool, too, because it's, like, you go on on a Saturday on, like, Instagram on the stories and they are at everything. It yeah. just seems like they're always posting stuff. And it just makes you want to be on the pitch. And so we're going to talk to Rizzo, the guy who founded it. We ran into him when the Wombats played Fox Valley. And we realized we had a lot in common with just how we want to grow the sport. So, cool dude. What do you say? Should we get to him? Let's give him a ring. Ring, ring. This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good. You need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave. Those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done. Get a hold of them. Infinite designs. 100% satisfaction. Rotor Epoxy. Find them online now. All right, and now we are to our third interview of today's show, brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. We have Rizzo from Badger King Rugby. He's up in Wisconsin taking some professional f- photography, uh, basically sharing everything that's happening up in Wisconsin. Really cool stuff that he's doing. We connected this past spring when the Wombats were playing against Fox Valley in Chicago. He came down, took some photos, and he also was up in the press box announcing for us. So Rizzo, how you doing tonight? Doing all right. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak and uh, chat rugby with you guys. And uh, yeah, just... You know, another day uh, covering and uh, reviewing some rugby stuff from past weekend and uh, just uh, going along with things, so so to speak. Yeah, dude, I got to say, those uh, photos from the Fox Valley Wombats match were really cool. I'm really sad I wasn't there for that, but like just seeing some of those, like they look great. And like a bunch of people have them as like profile pictures now, so props to you <laughs> no I, I i appreciate that i mean it's um i mean when i started this thing years ago i mean i never really 
never had any clue that this is where it would be where people are like coming up to me and like are you the badger kings guy and whatnot and i'm like <laughs> all right well yeah i am but that's I, you know i'm I, I just take it in stride, you know, I like it. But then, yeah, people using picks for profiles. I mean, anything to promote the game, that's what it is. This, this, All what Badger Kings is is promoting the game, telling stories, and, uh, you know, just doing it week after week. And uh, it's just big passion and uh, just keep pushing it forward. Yeah, and that's kind of our conversation that we had on the sideline of that match was that, you know, you tell stories through photos. We tell stories through um poorly done podcasting from the hip, you know? Um, and it's just one of those things where like we connected because it's like, we have a passion. We love to see the sport, hear the sport, share those stories. So as like, we're doing our social media stuff, I feel like Badger Kings, especially with us being former university of Northern Iowa guys, you're covering all those Wisconsin colleges. And I would see all these great photos. And I definitely like marked it as like, okay, this is a guy we got to talk to because social media we kept intersecting and we kept running into each other and so you know how did you get into you know taking photos and creating badger kings was it just something you were doing for fun on your own and it became something else or what did that look like for you um so this goes back to about 2015 june of 2015 and i don't know one night i'm watching what was the crc sevens if you remember out in philly you know mm-hmm. all the college teams were, were playing out there and watching our badgers and i want to say they were playing dartmouth mm. but don't quote me on that they were they were playing a high profile match and they won and just some occurred to me like for whatever reason like who's covering this like who's who's putting it out there that you know these guys are doing something awesome out in philly representing wisconsin and then click the idea just popped into my head like would i just be dumb enough maybe to start my own thing and just from that little idea for about nine months it just kind of i don't know it kind of festered in my head like all right if i did a media company how would i how would i do it how would i how would i promote it who would i promote you know i mean because i got a radio background sports radio specifically um, producing sporting events and things and high school events. So I got a little knowledge in the background of how to promote, but um, really before Badger Kings, I had no social media, none whatsoever. Um, so everything I've learned over the last seven years, I had to learn myself, self-teach my, myself how to do certain things and how to promote. And then eventually uh, it just led to, you know, creating the name Badger Kings and then, when I first started, it was basically videotaping matches, mm. straight videotape, put them to YouTube, that type of thing. And really about six months after that, you know, I've been doing it for a while, limited social media, you know, a pick or two here or there on Facebook and Instagram to start. But then uh, a girl named Sarah, Th- uh, Sarah Thomas, excuse me, out of Madison, she reached out. We had connected uh, during the Olympics watching uh, the sevens in 2016 and uh she wanted to be a brand ambassador and then um you know we talked and we made it work and did an awesome job for me at the time for a few years and um and that's when i had to make you know badger kings legit is turning it into an llc an official media company and business and then from there a couple years after that it really started morphing more social media than videos and i really don't take match videos anymore at all but it's very very much pictures and clips that you guys have seen mm-hmm. uh over time and um you know it's just refining and honing and getting better at it to do right for the rugby community specifically up here in wisconsin but like you said touching on the 
college game and you know northern iowa and the upper midwest now especially the collegiate um you know just basically promoting and basically getting out what needs to get out what people should get to see and hear and, and know about midwest and wisconsin rugby so that's kind of the small gist of the whole story of uh how things have come to be in the last seven years eight years technically nice yeah because every time i go on instagram like on a saturday or friday saturday sunday it's constant with you know you're at matches from the youth level to college to senior side uh where were you this past saturday so this past saturday was at uh the wrc memorial tens in cottage grove um the wisconsin rugby club it's they put on a tournament and then doing it uh for a long long time honoring their their own their past ogs so to speak uh of the past their old boys that have come before them and and help make uh, the Wisconsin Rugby Club and Madison United Rugby as well what it is today, especially with the new clubhouse that they uh, put together and got built a few years ago. And, um, you know, so just going to that tournament, it's the last one in Wisconsin for a co-ed uh, to wrap up the summer schedule. And, uh, yeah, just an awesome time and getting to see people, meet friends, and uh, also get to play as well a little bit. Nice. Yeah, we – we know uh, Brad Dufek. We talked to him before, and that complex up there, and everything they do is so cool. That's so awesome. And then looking at you know your videos from this past weekend, they had inflatable pools in the tri zone or right behind the tri zone. So after you score, you jump in a in the pool of water. Try that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice little novelty thing, but it also <laughs> keeps things light as well because it is a social tournament. Yep. You yeah. Know, so it's not like you're talking about fall sevens, fall fifteens into a summer schedule um that type of thing so it's it's just a little little extra novelty people have fun with it you know Mm -hmm. some people like to get wet some people don't but you know it's just it just brings a little levity levity to the tournament and uh you know everybody had an awesome time you know getting to meet new friends uh this past past weekend and then also uh getting to see plenty of uh old friends of badger kings over the past seven years so uh you know it's always a great time down there and you know as like you said you talk to brad brad's a good guy he does good work down there uh mm-hmm. for madison and bringing championship uh tournaments down there including the uh national sevens that's coming up and uh oh, yeah. you know yes, so yeah, they, they got a lot of good things going on down there will you be at the um both days uh saturday i won't be there at the start uh just uh, a minor scheduling snafu on the side but um i will be there both days and uh yeah it should be awesome nice. you know top teams in the country coming coming to wisconsin and uh playing sevens at, at the highest level so that uh that's gonna be awesome to cover nice in the last seven years what have been your favorite events that you've covered Oh wow, that's <laughs> that's double. That's a super loaded question. Um, I oh man, the experiences. I mean, it speaks for rugby. The experiences you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this to start with: Badger Kings is always about the high school level, mm. boys and girls, because seeing that level of competition, um, it's something different than collegiate and men's, women's, and even youth level. But there's something different about that level and every april and in may and then uh september and october for the boys and girls res- uh, respectively um it's just something awesome to catch in the cover because you got these high school players that they just have a passion to 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 play and um you know to see it play out in these uh 60 minute matches 
um, trying to trying to win, trying to come together and build themselves up to maybe a contender, that type of thing. It's, it's just something different. It's really hard to explain. But I would say high school level first before anything. And there's certainly other events and things to cover over time. But high school, there's something different about it that I just can't explain, but I love covering. Mm. Is there like any, I mean, besides, uh, you know, national championships, sevens, is there anything, any event that's going to be upcoming that you're really looking forward to? Um, well, because we got done with the, the uh, summer schedule as of this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of thinking fall 15s, but uh, we have a new women's program up in uh, Chippewa Falls, northwest Wisconsin, the uh, Chippewa Valley Vipers. Um, they're hosting a tournament at the end of this month, and it'll be my first time really going to their place. And they got uh, a, a brand new pitch, Casper Park. They're hosting a little women's tournament, and it'll be cool to go up there and just see what they're all about. Being the fifth Wisconsin women's team uh, brought into the uh, WI Union, and um, you know to promote them and try to help them get off the ground with some visuals and things. Be kind of cool to catch, and then you know, fall 15s, all levels. You know, it's uh, full go, full speed ahead. And uh, you know, really, once we get to late October, November for playoffs, that's when it really gets fun, and particularly the college level, as uh, there's a lot on the line going to nationals and you know, the great waters and great Midwest conferences. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of a lot of good, talented teams uh, that uh, can compete at a high level. Definitely. And, you know, we look up to Wisconsin because there's just so much great high school and then senior side college programs. There's just so much good rugby up there. I mean, when we were in college, we were always driving to Wisconsin to play, whether it was Wisconsin or UW Stout was some great matches, Platteville. And, you know, with the men's programs, when we if we make the playoffs, normally we're running into a team from Wisconsin with many trips to Oconomowoc. And so, you know, over the last seven years, you know, how has rugby grown and changed in Wisconsin? And also, what do you th- what would you attribute that to? Well, how it's grown, I, I would say it's weird because you got 2020 mm-hmm. and how things played out. So, I mean, there, there's an anomaly there right. um, because we were kind of running, running pretty good at most, if not all the levels in Wisconsin leading up to that point. And certainly there's levels of improvement to gain numbers and, and teams and things. But 2020, it, it wasn't easy getting through that. But coming out, um, there was an emphasis on youth rugby, tag rugby, middle school sevens. Um, that was a big thing. And now we're seeing that investment now hit the high school level. And, you know, from the high school level the past couple of years, we're now seeing talent now play high-level college rugby that really before 2020, I don't want to say it wasn't promoted or wasn't put out there, but visually now people are aware what can be beyond high school. So now really for the youth level numbers um you know really coming around pretty good gaining uh you know young people to pick up a ball and just throw it around and play tag and then you know at the high school level it's you know going to the next level collegiate and even collegiate players now looking at even beyond uh the collegiate level playing high level ball so but i would say with anything it's just an emphasis on youth and more awareness that at least that I've seen talking to people, coaches and players, you know, of what can be at the collegiate level. And then beyond that, we're starting to see, see numbers come around on the adult side 
um, you know, numbers kind of took a little bit of a hit on the adult side after 2020, but we're starting to see numbers come around. And now teams like Chippewa Valley coming, coming to the forefront, you know, our fifth women's team Mm -hmm. and uh, numbers coming around for the men's side, including the other four women's teams too. So, um, but I would say that's kind of the, the big, uh, big pillars right now of how things have played out the last couple of years is the youth emphasizing tag and then the awareness beyond high school of what mm. can be and even the college level and so with all these things going on do you have an off season like is there a time you take a break or um you get to have some saturdays to yourself or are you just cool with you know you just love being at the rugby pitch on a saturday uh what does your schedule look like and i mean is badger kings is it just you um so to answer that one right off the bat, I do have uh, an engineer in the background. Doesn't like to be in the way or things, but helps me out with some technical things when they, when needed. Uh, my buddy Brian. But um, otherwise, basically, I do have uh, photographers that I hire on for bigger events um, to come in and put more visuals on things like you know Rugger Fest, for example, in early June every year. Um, all the youth tournaments combined in one spot in Cottage Grove at the complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring on uh, photographers for for bigger events that need to be covered that I feel. Um, but then the schedule itself, getting to that question, really it used to be kind of April all the way up to November, early December, and then there would be a break. But um, the last couple of years now, um, with the rugby summit that we hold in Oshkosh, the past couple of years, bringing people across the country for a big weekend of sharing rugby, you know, knowledge and stories and things. Um, so that comes to the forefront. Um, we also have uh, some socials, uh, a winter tournament up in Wausau in February. And then also in March, you know, like I met you guys down in uh, Illinois for the uh, Wombats and uh, Fox Valley match, uh, Nash Bash, Tropical Seven. So it seems to now the off season that was is now closed up to maybe a few <laughs> weeks during the winter. But um, so it's really it's really all year round. But I like it, though. I mean, I kind of kind of have the withdrawals when there's no rugby on a weekend. And it's like, oh, right. Christ, like, what do you do? You know? Yeah, that's what's funny. It's like like talking to my wife like oh gonna take a weekend off and then it's like well but there's this rugby thing going on and that's kind of where I want to be even if I'm not covering it or playing in it or whatever it's like that's where all my friends are so you know um where can people find your stuff where are you on Facebook uh Twitter Instagram how can people um find you and then also too if there's something that people want covered can they reach out to you what's what's that process like so people mainly DM through uh, Instagram, through the DMs, if they have questions and things, or if they're curious about something. Also, um, BadgerKings10 at gmail.com for, uh, for official uh, send-throughs of inquiries and things. But otherwise, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, are the main three. Um, and then recently started doing YouTube shorts of, uh, you know, recapping highlights of previous events now. So, uh, starting to get into that and really, really having fun, you know, just putting things together that people can look at and, you know, just help promote the game. So, uh, so all four avenues and then the email to, you know, reach out if you got questions and things. Awesome. No, we love what you do. And yeah, it's always awesome to see like when you cover an event 
and then especially like people we know and then the next thing you know they're using your photos for the profile picture because they're just so it, cool <laughs> it's it's one of those things where rugby went for so long where it wasn't being covered and only you and your buddies knew what happened and so now that we have these high school kids going into college and even grown men where it's like whoa someone took my picture playing rugby like i've never seen what that looks like and so appreciate what you do and and i know a, a ton of people appreciate you know seeing themselves play a sport they love and they're able to capture that moment and no, love it. So go follow Badger Kings Rugby. Um, you're always active. You've always got Instagram stories going. And, yeah, keep it up, man. We'll definitely be following along, especially as Northern Iowa is in the northern side of the bracket this year or the Northern mm-hmm. Conference for the Great Midwest. So I think their first game right out of the gate is Marquette. So um, we'll be keeping an eye to see, um, you know, how they do and see if you're up at any of those. And, yeah. Yeah, it'll uh, fall is going to be something. Um, really, the college level looking pretty darn good after last season, last fall season. Um, a lot of success there, and looking to build off of it this season. I mean, you mentioned you and I, uh, Garrett Getz, one of our WI guys, leading yep. the way up there. You know, with the uh, divisions and things in the uh, Great Midwest, it'll be awesome to see the matchups that that come to be and how it shakes up going into November. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time, and I appreciate you know, uh, what you guys do and, uh, for the time and energy and, you know, what I do is just a labor of love, just trying to promote the game the right way. And if people get something out of it, that's positive, that's, that's what we're looking for. It's just trying to get a visual, trying to put a, put, you know, in fact, put it this way to back up. I tell people this all the time. What we do is just a reflection of the rugby. Mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. So, I mean, like people thank me, but it's all about them because it's all about them looking good. And I just put a camera to it and try to do right for the people. You know, I don't like putting the sport in a bad light or putting people in a spot, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to do right for the people that follow and, you know, support us and, you know, try to keep it going and build the sport the right way, hopefully. Oh, we love that. And that's yeah. why, too, we wanted to talk to you because – when we crossed paths at that match, it just seemed like, man, we have a lot of similar, you know, ideas about rugby and why we do what we do. We love the sport and we just want to share it in the way that we know how. And yeah, no, just we'll, uh, we'll be sending people your way to follow your stuff. And yeah. So again, Badger Kings rugby, thank you so much Rizzo for joining us. And, uh, hopefully we'll see you around this fall. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully maybe at some point cross paths, we'll see how it shakes. Um, you know, I appreciate the time and opportunity to speak and and uh, talk rugby with you guys. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was a pleasure meeting you back in uh, March down in Illinois. You know, how things work through rugby, how one opportunity leads to another and mm-hmm. meeting people and you build friendships. And uh, that's what I love about rugby. And, you know, to have it lead to a point where, you know, I get to talk about it on a podcast like yours and, and really a Midwest podcast, too, you know. And, and I, don't, I don't want to meet into pigeonhole, you know, what you guys are doing. <laughs> But, you know, you're from the Midwest, so you're yeah. part of us, you know, in the region. So it's kind of cool you guys are dipping your feet in the podcast world for a few seasons and keeping it going. And I wish you guys nothing but the absolute best. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, well, no, we're trying to branch it. out from Iowa because th- it is cool how people, you know, cross paths. And, you know, like Garrett Getz coming down to you and I being a Wisconsin guy. And we had our Iowa selects play the Wisconsin selects in high school. So, yeah, it's just a natural progression. And so, yeah, good luck to you too, man. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll cross paths soon. Definitely. And uh, wish you guys nothing but the best uh, going forward. And thank you for the time. All right. Have a good one, man. We'll see you. Yep, you too. Mm-hmm. And that was Rizzo from Badger Kings Rugby. 
yeah, follow him on Instagram. He's got some really cool stuff. Check out his stuff on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, he's, he'll keep you up to date on, on Wisconsin stuff. But, I mean, there's a lot of crossover with the Iowa colleges. So, cool dude. Passionate about the game. Kind of, yeah. like, his story about how it started kind of sounds a lot like ours. We're like, hey, we like this. And we mm-hmm. feel like more people need to be aware of it. Um, not only because we're trying to bring people in, but also, like, these kids work hard. Yeah. We want him to get noticed. We want him to go play in college and, and hire. It's pretty wild that he, you know, commits almost like every weekend that he has to this. But, you know, it's not really a job if you're, you know, passionate about it. Like, you don't, you know, if you love what you do, you don't really ever work a day in your life type of thing. Yeah, that's what they say. But, I mean, you still got to put the work in. Oh, and he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But also... Yesterday, Sunday, uh, Premier Rugby Sevens had their championship. So now we're gonna ha- we're gonna give Gimli a second segment, and let's let's just hope he doesn't. Let's just hope it goes well. But you're saying uh, yesterday, Sunday, because or yes, because technically it is. So when we release this, it's yeah. gonna be Monday. God, yeah, because it's Monday. So yesterday, <laughs> wink. Uh, I'm, I'm picking it up. I'm wink, figuring wink. it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is a little thing called the Premier Rugby Sevens Championship in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, Home of the Commanders. Uh, maybe not soon. New ownership. Magic Johnson might change it. Uh, we got we to gotta not talk football. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're in the home stretch of the podcast. Rugby so we football. Get Sorry football. about that. Um, um, bar, yes. Barstool, the actual Barstool. PFT commentator mm-hmm. and Hank from Pardon My Take, they yes. did a live stream watch along, um, not to be confused with Barstool Rugby, which isn't affiliated with Barstool. But yeah, so I mean, they're trying to get that info out there. But tell us, how how was it? Was on FS1 as well and YouTube, the other games. Uh, there was a men's and women's bracket. Um, there was a little lightning delay, uh, so, so they. Uh, uh, didn't show the championship on FS1 because it ran too long, so we got to see some Women's World Cup soccer the or something. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it, um, but I know that Women's Championship uh, was the New York Locals versus the Minnesota Loonies. Okay, yeah, local localish. You know, not the locals are localish for us, but the, the, the loonies, loonies are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, big Loonies fans over here. <clears throat> big Loonies fans. Um, Phil, you a Looney's fan? I do like loons, so loonies it is. See, uh, Minnesota won that thirty-one to twelve, so that's great. Uh, you know, there's probably some Iowa rugby affiliation there, or at least you know some Amazon and stuff like that, right? Twin City Amazon, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We should probably dig a little more into it sometime yeah, because the whole thing, deal with PR sevens is they don't really base it on like where you're closest at, like where you're currently stationed at. It's like you don't end up at the team that's closest to you type deal so mm-hmm. but i mean yeah you never know there could be some possible affiliates but yeah like grace said we'll have to we'll have to dig into that a little bit we'll check that um thanks for your patience everybody uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh on the people are waiting on pins and needles like i know why should i why should i care about this other uh, than this professional seven that's professional seven that's pretty cool professional sevens in in usa you know in america especially since like we 
already talked about, you know, with Todd Becker and such, there's a lot of people in Iowa that play rugby and play sevens. That's how they learned how to play. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's when they dust the boots off once a year just to play. It's usually sevens. Well, so. and a lot of our high school kids quit playing rugby after high school because they're like, I only play sevens. Right. So, so like, they would probably love to love watch this. this. And then, uh, the, like, we talked to Jacob Sunday. He mm-hmm. went to a tryout for it. We know other guys who've gone to tryouts. Uh, Did Aaron for the Cross sevens. go? He did not go, yeah, okay, okay. but he's playing for Des Moines' uh, he is. premier sevens team right now. Cheeto. Cheeto. Cheeto shout, out, shout out to Cheeto swag. Um, but there was a men's championship tonight as well. <gasps> yes. Uh, Who was in that? Well, it was the SoCal, which was a combo mashup of two teams, it seems like, because they were the Rhino X loggerheads. Okay. Uh, Oh, I think Rhino X is like their sponsor. Okay. Yeah. Because like Rhino's rug, because I thought it was like the Sam San Clemente, uh, Rhino's rugby and Loggerheads was like it doesn't matter. Um, it does matter. <laughs> it does. But, but but it's very confusing. But it's very confusing. Uh, they have a Rhino. They're green. Get yes, it? Yes. Um, it was a tight battle. They were facing off against the Steel Toes. Are they at a Pittsburgh? They are. You want to guess what their colors are? Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. That is correct. Um, Wiz Khalifa, yeah, 2014. Uh, shout out Wiz Khalifa. That had to have been way earlier in 2014. 2012. Yeah, well, no, I was in like high school, but 2016. You're going the wrong We're direction. We're past <laughs> wrong direction. <laughs> oh, I was on spring break my sophomore year. Oh, okay. Where did I go? Why would we know? Um, no, I'm asking myself. Um, Bahamas. Yeah, okay, sure. Nobody needs to fact check that. Uh, did you know that? Speaking of Pittsburgh, we're way off topic. I'm just gonna keep going. Keep going. All right. So the Steel Toes versus oh, no, the no, no, Rhino no. and Loggerheads. We no, no, no. Yeah. Go back. No, oh, speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, they just acquired Eric Carlson in a three-team deal to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Any NHL fans up there? Yeah. All right. Um, so the Steel. <laughs> we have a ticker running. We have a ticker. You know, it's it, it comes in handy times like this. Steel Toes. <laughs> There's never any rugby info, but... There's never any rugby. It Julie Ertz, she announced her retirement from United States Women's National Team Soccer. Yeah, she had a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Okay. Uh, her husband plays football. Yeah. Okay. Oh! Okay, okay, we gotta <laughs> get back. Football. We gotta get back. You know Zach? <laughs> Barons? <laughs> okay. All right, uh... PR Sevens Championship. Yeah, Steel Toes, Pittsburgh versus the Rhinos Loggerheads from SoCal. It was a tight match, but the at, at full time. Mm-hmm. Ten to five in favor of the Rhino larger Loggerheads. So Well, they set a PR by winning their first ever championship. They sure did. And if you got uh, access to the YouTube, you can get on the YouTube and watch all those matches. And the nice thing about Sevens is they are pretty quick. Right. Quick and fun. And, and I think that's the main that's idea great. behind this league is that, like, all kidding aside, like, advertisers should love this because you have all these commercials. Yeah. Um, you have men's and women's equal pay. Um, there's a lot of things they're trying to do to stand out as an organization. Um, and then just traveling and doing a tour of, like, the United States to basically bring... So it's not like, hey, here's our home game and away games. It's like, you're away every week except your home tournament. And that way, more people can see it locally. Like you mm-hmm. go when it's in your town, and so they they pick some MVPs as well, Ryan. Uh, for the women's, it was uh, Alev Kelter, 
who is went to college and played her college ball at UW Madison, actually. Okay. Two time Olympian yeah, for the USA she team. She plays for the USA Sevens team and she is a hammer. Wouldn't want to be the nail. Okay. <laughs> what about for the men's side? Uh, for the men's side. Yeah, it was a gentleman named. I'm not going to pronounce this right, but I'll, I'll try. It, it looks like Bronco, but it's spelled different. So Branco, it'd be a lot cooler if his name was Bronco, though. Yeah. Uh, Branco Dupreece. Okay. Who is South African. He is the most capped South African sevens player in history. Three-time world rugby sevens gold medalist. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm going to ask you this, Gimli. Shoot. As a connoisseur. Followed by Badger Kings. Not that I'm looking at his Instagram or anything right now. <laughs> so as a connoisseur of rugby, how do you feel about the argument of like, hey, when you bring in foreign talent, it takes away from Americans, or is it, hey, you bring in foreign talent, it raises the level of play of the Americans playing against them? Like, when you have PR7s, we're seeing a lot of former New Zealand All Blacks and South African players coming to the United States, and we see it in MLR too, where like these skill positions are played by people from other countries, do you look at it as a net positive or a net negative, or is it like is there a balance we have to have? How do where do you stand in that argument? I have to address this carefully. I was told before I came on there'd be no questions, uh, uh, you know, about immigration, but <laughs> that's a hot topic. Uh, no, just kidding. But yes, uh, we. I've. I, I think. Hold on. Before you came on, we didn't barely talk at all. I said, do you want to come on? And then... Yeah, so I figured, you know... <laughs> like, oh, immigration will pop up. Uh, yeah, but you give me that look like, you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm okay with it. I think it does elevate the game. I personally know, or, you know, I told the brothers that grew up playing club rugby and just here in, in Des Moines in Iowa... Um, I know guys, you know, from Fiji, from India, from Tonga, from Australia, New Zealand. Um, Name them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know Will. Shout out to Will Blaylock. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it does elevate the game. I think it's something, you know, like it's obviously different now. It's changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years where kids are, kids are starting to play, so they're learning young. But as an adult, you know, in that adult atmosphere, it's hard to have, like, one coach, especially on a club team, right. you know, because we're all kind of same standards. So when you have multiple people that know what they're doing, mm -hmm. you can not only have someone teach you by telling you, but you can, by just playing with them right. and watching them, you can pick it up a lot faster, especially someone who's been playing it their whole life. Right. Um, so I think that's a positive. For, as far as competition goes, like mm -hmm. fairness-wise, you know, things like that, I mean, I think it's, like – we were kind of talking about the World Cup. The best teams deserve to be in, and I think the best players that are eligible deserve mm. to be on the team. So if somebody moves here, and that's the greatest thing about our country, freedom, America, you know, if people want to be Americans, there's no stopping them, Come, especially if they're great at rugby. Come yeah. on in. We need it. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, job we, that's a job we need. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm okay with it, honestly. I, yeah, think it does, I think it does make us better, you know. Mm -hmm. We probably shouldn't have like, the entire roster. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Like there is a tipping point of like, like two, like you know, 
what am I trying to say here? Like a tipping point of like, if there's no spots for Americans, then it's like, okay, are we really helping the game? But having that nice balance of like, all right, you're bringing someone in to push the pace who's been around and they know what they're doing and they play at a high level. Either you got to rise up to try to take those minutes back or you're competing against them. And it iron sharpens iron. We say that a lot on this podcast. And yeah, as long as it's not like 100%. Well, we've talked about that with Principia. Mm-hmm. The Thunder Chickens. Yeah, their roster makes up... Well, it was the last time we had looked at it, it was like 19 of their top 23 were from... You know, they were a foreign player, which, I mean, you know, if you can get them here, then, you know, more the merrier. And if there wasn't... I mean, they played within the rules, Yeah, but it made it really difficult because it's like your D2... Do you know how many kids go to Principia? I do not. It's like 300 and... Yeah, it was like... 500 or 350 or something like that. It was 350. Yeah. Yeah. And so of the 350, 19 kids were recruited from out of country and they're a D2 school. And like their claim is like, you can't bump us up. Like we're like, we're, we're so tiny. And it's like, but look at your talent. And they, you and I was a top four finisher in D2. Mm -hmm. And then they beat you and I the next year in playoffs by 50. Yeah, and it was, like, actually one of the closest margins they had up mm-hmm. until the Final Four. Yeah. So Principia is now in... Didn't they get bumped Yeah, up they got bumped up. They're in the, the same conference as, yeah, to, yes. as Iowa Central. So. Yes. so, I mean, like, that turnover is going to be tough for them. But it's, like, I mean, if that's your thing, that's great. But, like, it's not developing talent for the World Cup. And that's where, like, every club, college, everyone's got their own personal, you know, goals. Mm-hmm. You know, MLR, are they trying to make money? Are they trying to grow the sport? Or are they That's trying to develop thing, national like, players? Try to, dip, I mean, if you're going to try to do one of those things, like, obviously just go with it. Like, if you're trying to claim that you're, you know, you want to develop American talent, then do, do what the Raptors are doing. Do that. If yeah. you want to create as much revenue as possible, then, you know, do what you need to do to do that. But, like, you know, try to differentiate between the two. But, Don't say one thing and do the other, essentially. And, and if you <laughs> say you're going to try to make revenue, um, don't own two MLR teams and then pay people under the table and then get those two teams taken away and then, oh, guillotinis, kill grownies. Which Goodbye. leads us right into MLR news. Sad news, but in a roundabout way, there's some silver lining to it. Rugby ATL, it was announced, is being acquired by a new ownership group and they are going to relocate. So Rugby ATL... You know, Atlanta has a really good the rugby community. Base, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Life University. Life yeah. University is right there, too. Um, this past year, they got this cool, like, like they were always rugby ATL, but then they started going by, like, the Rattlers, and, like, they had this Rattlesnake logo. Mm-hmm. Red and black looked super cool. That was way cool. Then out of nowhere, right before this past season, it pops up. They have a an orange circle with a light blue circle and then a forest green inside and then the letter a like mm. in a retro a and it just has rugby atl but the a is also atl like the a is an a oh, but if you look at it really tight an yeah L. which makes it even more I weird see, I see yeah. you're saying, oh, until you cool. just said that i never noticed that but but, but still though it just kind of bothers me because it looks like they just saw chicago hounds logo and they're like we're gonna kind of Manipulate so, that a little bit. This, this isn't the Atlanta, Georgia. This isn't the Georgia, the U.S. We playing in the friendlies. Yes, this is in the United States. Okay, got it. Major yes, in the Major League Rugby. But 
this rebrand was because a new ownership group took it over. And like before the season, like, oh, well, we're new, so we're going to rebrand. And it's like, cool. Seattle, Chicago, and now Atlanta all have the same colors. And it just sounded like this newest ownership group, or last ownership group before the relocation one, they didn't know how to connect with the community. They didn't know how to connect with the fans. Attendance went way down. Um, yeah, and they just ran it into the ground. And then they're like, oh, we're not making money. We're going to sell it. And going on Reddit, Phil, you're our Reddit guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on there, too, to check it out because it just looked like the fans of Atlanta were just so disheartened because, like, yeah. we gave everything we could, and this was a slap in the face to our community. And yeah. now we lost our team for no fault of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, now it's just obviously speculation on where it's going to end up. I really, I wouldn't say strongly believe, but I have a pretty good feeling that it's going to be L.A. is where they're going to end up. What, like where this new ownership group is going to be sending this team at least, but there was like a couple of other like random ones that some people had thrown out there too. But I feel like LA would make the most sense. Yeah, and so as I was like looking through here, um, like on Twitter and on Reddit, um, yeah, basically people were saying like Life University and the community in Atlanta is super great, but the ill-advised rebrand just killed momentum and. People are just sick to their stomachs. L.A. is number one on where people think this is going to go. Number two, there's people who think Ohio could get a team. Because before... There's a lot of rugby out in Ohio. Before Major League Rugby, there was pro rugby, which Mm -hmm. was terrible because everyone had the same jerseys, different colors. They weren't... They were in... Or... uh, they were not Atsuego. That's where we played in Utsen. Utsen. Yeah, something mm. like that. I don't know. But they they had a team outside of Columbus. Um, but people want to see it there. Um, a lot of people like Kansas City, St. Louis, see, Minneapolis. I would love Kansas City. Yeah. Well, yeah, or St. Louis would be great too. I mean, those are both. I mean,. St. Louis, I guess, is kind of far, but Kansas City would be really cool. Well, I mean... Right, like, down the street, practically. <laughs> and again, you have the Kansas City Blues and the Kansas City Rugby Club. You have uh, St. Louis. You have the Bombers. You have uh, Lindenwood. I mean, St. Louis and Kansas City are close enough together mm-hmm. where both communities would probably support either or. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love, though, somebody made a comment that just cracked me up where it's like, if... Um, if this is another, if this is another team, like when they do the rebranding, if it's going to be named after another cocktail, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Just like, yep. yeah, accurate. Oh, 100%. Uh, I saw the Carolinas were another one, like Raleigh, North Carolina was something. Mm-hmm. Someone was saying something about, like, Colorado needs a team, even though the Probably right... stay an Eastern team, though, wouldn't it? Depends where the money is. They would just shuffle what the divisions are. I'm, so, ass- I'm assuming, like, the primary, primary reason why a lot of people think LA is just Obviously, there's probably a lot more revenue to be made. Yes, you know yes. that, and that's the thing for an ownership group. Like they have to invest. What is yeah. it? Ten million dollars? Yeah, and like Giltini's had a really good fan base when mm-hmm. they were there. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, logically, you know, and money wise, you would think LA is going to be the yeah. main location. Saw someone say Philly as well because like the that CRC would be good too. So my thought is, you know, we just named like eight different cities. Why not all eight? Right. You know? But like you say, you gotta have somebody to invest ten million dollars, though. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bezos, so- Musk, Zuckerberg. <laughs> what are you guys up to? Settle it on the rugby pitch. <laughs> Mark Cuban, get a team in Indiana. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, known as Disco Mark in the 1970s when he played club rugby for University of Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Well, Disco Mark. Disco Mark, fun fact. So he should own a team. What the heck is We're calling you out, buddy. You know, Come on, Shark Tank. You know who else we're calling out? Not really anybody. <laughs> uh, you want to know some cool news about Club Rugby Sevens? Oh, I love The news. Nationals. So someone dropped out of the women's side. Really? And Cincinnati is going to take their spot as oh, the number 16 cool. seed. So Emma. Yeah, Emma will get to go. She sweet. will get to go, yeah. So the pools have been released, and so it's kind of cool, like, just keeping an eye on it august 12th and 13th that's coming up um cincinnati will join the fray with the women's side also speaking of women's rugby this is really cool midwest rugby union announced they are doing a festival league schedule so they've tried to do like d2 rugby in the past for women but because teams are just so far and few in between Mm -hmm. they're doing an east conference and a west conference but they're doing what's called a festival so basically, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the East Conference, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the West. They are going to have all seven teams, kind of like PR sevens. All seven teams in the East Conference on September 9th are going to go to Canton Rugby. All seven teams in the Western Conference are going to go to Chippewa Valley, and they're going to do a tournament. And basically, if you don't have a full side, you just take a couple, they'll mix and mash. Rugby will be played. It's to grow interest. It's to just make sure rugby happens. Um, Des Moines Rugby is hosting on September 23rd. Oh. Quad City Irish are hosting on October 14th. Oh, hey. Yeah, so uh, th- that's really cool because that's what we've... Like, maybe some women from Omaha or Cedar Rapids just show up to be like, I want to play. So... It's not like an official like league matches or things like that, but it's you're sipped with the team, you go to the location, all the every team in your conference will be there, and then they play like a tournament or something. Um, sorry, just I I don't know why I was facing. Did you say September twenty third is when Des Moines women will be hosting? Uh huh. Oh, we, we have a bye week. week. Yeah. I say we so we go. should go over there and check yeah. it out. And maybe as long as we're not infringing on any copyright live stream. Podcast? Good. I will be in Galena because that's my wedding anniversary, and we will be celebrating. Oh, so you just agreed that we could all go, and then you were just going to drop no, that no, on no, us. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I was saying to the people listening that they should go and okay. watch and support women's rugby, okay. but I have two very capable young gentlemen who could take a cell phone and live stream. And <laughs> couldn't you just get on a Zoom for like, you know, 30 minutes and jump off? It's going to be like an all-day thing. <laughs> just just say you got to go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> I already do that. <laughs> perfect. The yeah. perfect crime. So I think that's really cool. I was actually talking to someone. You know, with Cedar Rapids. Are we going to do that? We'll pull. Do we'll we'll talk. Talk. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk. That'd be cool, though, because... I mean, we could probably find some other wombats to help out with stuff. But what I was going to say, though, I was talking to someone, you know, with Cedar Rapids not able to field a 15s team and Clinton not able to field a 15s team, it'd be cool if, like, we changed what D4 rugby was, like in Iowa men's rugby, um, like where River City, they're good to go, bump them up D3. 
But if you have teams that are new or struggling to get to 15, because that is that is tough to have 15 guys for eight weeks or six weeks, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. do a tens league. Make yeah. D4, yeah. make D4 tens, and then that way it's like cool. We have 12 guys. Cool, you can play in a match and you have two subs, and then do this festival thing where maybe you have four or five teams that are in the tens league, and then once you build up enough, you're like, hey, you know what? We've got numbers. We've got guys. Mm. We want to bump up into the 15s league. I don't know. It's just something because I hate to see people either sit out or, you know, if guys from Cedar Rapids and Clinton are like, hey, my team's not playing. I'm going to play for another team for this fall. Are they going to be working? How much work are they going to be putting into, like, rebuilding their club while playing for another club? Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just an idea that I had and, like, with this festival style for the women. I mean, it could it could work. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, and like, wouldn't even really be that many weekends out of, like, those few months. So it probably wouldn't be as much of a commitment to try to get, you know, those guys there. You know, you could, you know, obviously do three and do or four. It, do it, like, weekends. four weeks. Yeah, do four, it four weeks. weeks. Four weeks. Well, it wouldn't even have to be back-to-back weeks or whatever. Right. Or weekends, you know. You could spread it out over the course of two months. One in August, two in September, one yeah. in October. Yeah, Boom, exactly. you're done. Like, be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other news before we kind of wrap up on August 15th, uh, Mason city high school girls rugby presents a summer rugby camp and coach Flanagan friend of the program, head coach of the university of Northern Iowa women's team. She's going to lead a session for fifth through eighth grade. And then also ninth through 12th grade. It is 100% free. So Mason city girls, they are hosting and it looks like too. Anybody can go check that out. Also with Mason City, uh, the USA Rugby uh, made an error with their scheduling. scheduling. They, they moved it to Saturday, didn't they? No. no? They moved it to Sunday, oh. August 20th. So if you want to become a referee, August 20th, go to River City Rugby or Intracity Sevens Rugby page, and you can sign in. You must register online. You can't just walk in and be like, I want to be a ref. They're not doing that. Um, they have good numbers so far. So Sunday, yeah. August 20th. Yeah, USA Rugby putting it on a Friday. They're like, oh, sorry, we messed up. Mark was super bummed and frustrated, as he should be. But they made it right. Be a ref. Yeah, that's, and that's going to be way more convenient for people. It's like taking a whole day off of work Friday. You know, that's, that could be tough for some people. So it's going to be a lot more convenient to have it, obviously, on a weekend. Yeah. Another coaching vacancy is open. USA Rugby women is looking for a new head coach. Really? Yep. Dang. Phil, you going to apply? I'm definitely not qualified for that, that's for sure. (laughs) And then University of Iowa men's, they released their schedule. They play at Iowa State on September 8th. They play at Minnesota on September 23rd. They're at home October 7th against Nebraska. They are... At Wisconsin on October 14th, they're at home on October 21st, and they play Minnesota and Wayne State. It's like their B-side, A-side kind of thing. And then October 28th, they play Illinois in Peoria. November 4th is their semifinals, and November 11th is the conference championship. So if you're interested in the University of Iowa men's rugby, that's their schedule. And uh, 
Yeah, that's that's all I got, Phil. Oh, really? That's it. That's it? That's all? That's it. You know, not much. Uh, no way, not much. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you, Mr. Gray. Yes, you know, we're <laughs> trying to provide content, and you're just looking at me. I No, I appreciate everything you do, Mr. Gray. I, look at that whiteboard. I know. This is like the most organized this has been in a while. And I, I feel like we should almost take a picture so people can see what... No, keep it a mystery. Yeah, I gotta keep it a mystery. Okay. Yeah, I don't have to see deal. how the sausage is made by the meat train. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nickname that died. Yeah, not so much of a meat train anymore. You've lost a lot of weight. You look good. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else? Do you want to go through your list now? You already know I don't prep. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, you, I'm honestly offended you even asked. Uh, so you can say it, but I can't make a joke earlier about it? <laughs> Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, it's like the gypsy thing, you know? Like it. Why do you keep bringing that up? <laughs> I thought, you can't I be... thought it was okay. <laughs> I'm so uh, confused. What are the rules? What are the uh, rules? No. Don't demonetize us, just me. I'll pay whatever fines yeah. I need to. Actually, don't. I, like, check the demographics. We have zero gypsies that listen. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify uh, gives you that info. <laughs> Uh, how you feeling, Mr. Gray? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Good, you? Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs. Eric Nichols is going to be on next week to talk World Cup. Hell yeah. Eric Nichols. <laughs> Oh,